You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I'm Mike Alvarez. I'm Susie Hunt. And Maurice can't be with us today, but we do have a very special guest joining us. It's me, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no. And I'm Maurice Stapler. Stapler, all this Killer? and more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah, okay. This, Hi, it's Dawn. On 60 Minutes. In 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We are continuing our month of dealer's choice with my pick, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Uh, It's from 1991. It's an hour and 29 minutes, directed by Rachel Talalay. She was in, or she directed Ghost in the Machine, Tank Girl, um, American Gods, Supernatural, Iron Fist, Supergirl, Doctor Who, and The Flesh. Why did you laugh at Tank Girl? Because... All right, so I have my hair up, so that's not the excuse. I swear to God, I thought you said taint girl. Oh. <laughs> that's rule that's 34. A, that's a different And that's movie. a completely different kind of film, yes. <laughs> but uh, let's go around the table here. Dawn is your guest. It's customary we start with you. What do you think about Freddy's oh. Dead? Oh, what do I think about Freddy's Dead? Well, let's face it. This isn't a horror movie. That's no, comedy. This this is, this, this yes. It's, it's definitely... A comedy with some gore. Mm-hmm. Freddy has gone full slapstick. Okay, <laughs> this is the Army of Darkness of the, fr- the Nightmare <laughs> franchise. That's how I'm going to put it. This feels like the Looney Tunes episode yeah. of Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Do I hate it? No, I don't hate. I is it my favorite? Know. You know what? Surprisingly, I quite enjoyed it on this viewing. Mm-hmm. I this is like the one I I don't get to watch as much because. Whenever it's played on tel- like during Halloween, they play the first five, and then mm-hmm. they cut it off, and then for some reason, Freddy vs. Jason shows up. But, um, New Nightmare and Freddy's Dead get no love. Um, Which sucks, because they're both so good. Right? 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 So, like, I, when I was watching it for this, I was like, you know what? Some of this fucking holds up! Surprisingly! And, and I'm saying this from the main cast, but a lot of the side characters... Are amazing actors. Mm-hmm. They're fucking the the woman at the orphanage. She's fucking awesome. The teacher at the school. He's fucking awesome. Tom and Roseanne. They're fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of great cameos yeah. in this. But no, I I, I quite enjoy this film. Like I, I've said many times before with this franchise, four and five I think are the weakest. And I love the rest. <clears throat> But, uh... I, I mean, we're we're safe <clears throat> to say that, like, because of the premise of this movie, Alice and Jacob are dead from the last... I, I would assume. I, I, ha- I have a little bit of commentary on that, but yeah, but yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's safe to assume because of that. Yeah, because um, they, they, they are like, nope, no more kids, they're all dead! So I'm assuming Jacob and Alice are dead. And whoever, Yvonne, Yvonne is the other one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and throw this in here now instead of later. Um, yeah, throw it in. Do it! I'm gonna throw it in. Do um, it, I dare you. Do so it. John in the original script was Jacob. He was the last of okay. the Elm Street children. And the reason he feels like he can jump into people's dreams is because he inherited it from his mother. So again, that made sense. 
the way it's portrayed in this, it's like, why would he jump to that conclusion? Yeah. Who the fuck can <laughs> jump in people's dreams? What the hell are you talking about? So, yeah, there's certain parts that I noticed on this watching that I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. Yeah, way to assume gender that you're his kid. Wow. <laughs> but no, it's like, uh, with, with if it was Jacob, that would make perfect sense. But yeah, now let's just forget everything that came before and Oh wait, I the dream I, child. I, mm-hmm. I'm 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 more raised too. The the, the, the soundtrack's pretty good. Actually the soundtrack was really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, forgot I forgot it was more Reese too. Like like I said off the air, a lot more goo goo dolls than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh Susie, we'll toss it over here. What are your thoughts? Thanks for asking. <laughs> so I really like this movie. It's a lot of fun. Definitely agree. It's not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy. It's more along the lines of like cooties. Yes. That dipping its toe in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some of my favorite things in it, like the power glove. Yep. The, um, I mean, Brecken Meyer's in it. Corey. Love Corey. Corey and I loved Brecken Meyer <laughs> back in the day. It's just, it's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Like, but overall, the special effects, some of them did not hold up very well, like the very end. But and Freddie's makeup. I'm sorry, it's the worst <laughs> fucking makeup. I agree. I agree. Ugh. It's like last week when I was like, "Why does he look like a flying monkey? <laughs> why is that? Why does that skin mask look like a flying monkey?" Um, but I really like this movie, and I can look past all of that yes. for nostalgia reasons. Mm-hmm. And yes, the soundtrack is very good. I agree. See, I didn't think I didn't think this the the CG was all that bad. I've seen much worse from that time period. That yes, not yes. From, from that era. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's 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 pretty egregious just to to watch it with a twenty twenty four lens. Um, uh, maybe it's because like, I watched my DVD copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and on a high def TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, no, his makeup bothers the shit out of me in this one. And I know why they did it. Like, I, I watched the... Um, Never Sleep Never Again. Never Sleep Again. Yeah, I watched that whole documentary, and they talk about it, that they made it more of, like, a one-piece uh, mask for this one, so it was a lot easier for Robert England to get in and out of the makeup. Um, so I get it. For filming purposes, it, it served its purpose, but... It it added to the humor, I felt. Yes. I feel it, like it, it was definitely appropriate. definitely more comical. Yeah, it was definitely appropriate for this one. I also love the... They tried to burn me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that whole speech is great. Although, notice how he leaves the more uh, bizarre deaths out yes. of his little yes. list. <laughs> like, they then tried to make the souls rip me apart from the inside out because I saw Mother Mary. <laughs> and then they made a kid puke souls back at me and the souls took me away into my mama's womb. I also like how when he does cut his fingers off, he's squirting reanimator fluid. Just like part one. Mm-hmm. Yes. When he cuts his fingers off, he you know he does the whole Tina and he slashes yeah. his finger out. It's like squirt, squirt. Yeah. But no, I, I love this movie. Um, I've said before when we were covering wait, Nightmare. Wait, wait, Oh. Mike, what are your thoughts <laughs> oh, on this movie? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wait, who, who's Mike? Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the guy who picked this. Oh, um, hey, I'm Mike. <laughs> but no, I, I love this movie. I said before, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite franchises. I absolutely love the, you know, I love the character of Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, yeah, like you said, it's fucking hilarious. And that's one of the, I've said many times, comedy horror is my favorite genre. So this is one of my go-tos. I watch this one a lot. I watch one, two, three, this, and seven a lot. Four and five I almost never watch, and Freddy vs. Jason I don't watch that much. 
Um, yeah, I think I, yeah. I like Freddy vs. Jason, don't get me wrong, but I mainly like the fights. Yeah. The, the I like cheese dialogue between the fodder characters. I'm like, I could care less. Um, but no, this one has some of my favorite jokes in it. The uh, the bed on fire scene, I laugh every <laughs> fucking time. I am time. not getting it. Moving from my spot. Well, fuck. <laughs> he's, just like, he's like, damn it. <laughs> and he just jumps out of bed. Um, like, <laughs> Freddy driving the bus was like, no screaming while the bus is in motion. <laughs> every time I laugh because it's so cartoonish. But And then my, my all-time favorite is the, uh, the, the scene where the guy falls from the parachute. And we cut to Freddy, like Wiley e. Coyote, pushing a bed of spikes onto the, the yeah. street. And then he, like, breathes a sigh of relief and looks right at the camera. And I laugh every fucking time. It's so well done. But I, I am a big fan of this movie. So I'm glad that we're finally covering it. And uh, let's just jump right into the cast here. So Let's do it. Let's talk about Billy Zane's sister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, we have Freddy Krueger, played by Robert Englund himself. This is the first time he's gotten top billing. Um... I don't think we need to go through his Yeah, I was going to say, we've gone through him how many times uh, before? Well, he did a whole month, and then we went right into Hatchet, and then... Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, we, yeah, we don't we, need more I of that. We got, yeah, I think we're good. Then we have uh, Maggie Burroughs, played by Lisa Zane. She was in Babe Ruth, L.A. Law, ER, Monkey Bone, and she did voices for Biker Mice from Mars. And she really looks like her brother with hair. She really does. does, yeah. We have John Doe, played by Sean Greenblatt. He was in Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town. Uh, which I actually do own. It's a terrible movie. Oh, of damn. He was do. in Newsies. Yeah. I was going to say Newsies, Time Lock, and Luster. Oh, sluts and Losers. Oh, he was a co-executive producer for that <laughs> one. Then we have uh, Tracy, played by Leslie Dean. I fucking hate this character so oh, damn much. It's, in my opinion, it's like they tried to get, I think it was Taryn from the third one. Yeah. And just like, this is what she should have been. No, they're I, like... She is the most one-note character in the entire franchise. Her only, her only note is be angry all the time. She wasn't bad or beautiful. Oh, she <laughs> fucking sucks. But She's a real fucking bitch. <laughs> she is. But she was in 976 Evil, Freddy's Nightmares, Dynasty, Movie Madness, and Plump Fiction. Uh, then we have Carlos, played by Ricky Dean Logan. He was in Back to the Future 2 and 3, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Seinfeld, The Fantastic Four, the Roger Corman one. Uh, and Tales from the Crypt, 99 and 44 one-hundredths pure horror. Uh, mm. It's the one with the soap. And then mm. he did voices for Spawn. Um, then we have Spencer, played by Breck and Meyer. Clue, he was in Clueless, The Craft, Escape from L.A., Can't Hardly Wait, 54, Go, and then he did shit tons of voice work. He looks so distinguished now. Yeah. No. That yeah, he's yeah, older. He like, he's really grown into his face. He doesn't yeah. look like the stoner at all. That no, he not at all. Movie. And that's what he was really typecast in the well, 90s. In, yes, in, in the early 90s. Early but 90s. The, but then he started doing a lot of television work, and he did a ton of voice he work. He made friends with Seth Green, and that's all that happened. And well, that's he, what he also <laughs> made, made friends with Mike Judd, because he was on uh, King of the Hill for years years um but yeah king of the hill and, and robot chicken and then of course we have doc played by yafet koto who was an alien alfred hitchcock presents the running man murder she wrote so we got one uh and the puppet masters he's dead now i know it's sad because i liked him um then also starring or i should say cameos with uh johnny depp alice cooper roseanne barr and tom arnold no if you look at the credits it's mr and mrs tom arnold right but it, it, she was Roseanne Barr pretty quick after this. Um, so we'll just say that. But uh, for anyone who has not seen this, the sixth movie in this franchise. 
We, uh, we kind of don't blame you, but we do, too. <laughs> Freddy Krueger returns once again to prowl the nightmares of Springwood's last surviving teenager and a woman whose personal connection to Krueger may mean his doom. Dun-dun-dun! So we start out as Final Destination. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're on a plane. Well, first we open with a, a Nietzsche quote. Oh, that's true. Yes. Because do you know the terror of who falls asleep? To, to the very toes, he is terrified because the ground gives way under him and the dream begins. This is immediately followed by a Freddy quote. Welcome to prime time, bitch! <laughs> so right off the bat, we can tell the tone of this film. And uh, we immediately get some Goo Goo Dolls music as the title card and opening credits play. Uh, we see a U.S. map uh, and that's marked with Springwood, Ohio, and it says 10 years from now. Uh, it says, mysterious killings and suicides wipe out an entire population of children and teenagers. The remaining adults are experiencing mass psychosis. There is, there is news of one surviving teenager. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. What? Just so one. This is also the first time that they actually show you where it is. Yeah. Because they, throughout the rest of the franchise, they're very vague on where this is happening. Um, obviously, most of us thought California because all the fucking palm trees. <laughs> but no, it's Ohio because, you know, they're known for all the palm trees. Yeah, just outside of Amish country. <laughs> right. But uh, we cut in on a plane flying through a storm. On board, we meet our one of our main characters, John Doe. John's clearly freaked out by flying and everything just seems slightly off. So right away, we get to question, is this real or a dream? It really would have been awesome if Freddie would have, like manifested on <clears throat> excuse me the wing of the plane like, like in that twilight, twilight zone, zone. So, yeah. yeah i was thinking more of the stewardess but that's better yeah, I thought yeah that would have been good although i i still love the way this plays out because yeah he's looking all nervous we see the, like the light bursts above him there's water dripping in the window he's wanting to move and the stewardess keeps telling him there's nowhere to go he's just like oh i can't take it but then before he, he can say anything the little girl in front of him uh turns around where is it she says, he's going to make, make you help him because you're the last. And the, he looks to the lady and goes, I'm afraid of flying. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> and apparently that was originally supposed to be Divine. Aww. But Divine passed away before the movie shot. So. Who the fucker? Yeah. And when I found that, I was like, oh, man, that would have been cool. Don't but... be a pussy. <laughs> Real women wear cha-cha heels. <laughs> Suddenly, the roof of the plane rips open, and the woman is comically sucked up out into the night. John screams, it's not fair, I was almost out, and suddenly falls out of the bottom of the plane, all the way down to the roof of a house, where he wakes up in bed. John gets up out of bed, feels that something is wrong, and opens the window to see the entire house is falling through the sky. He hears someone cackling and looks out the window to see Freddy dressed up like the Wicked Witch of the West flying on his broom. He says, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. And then flies away laughing. The house hits the ground, and John is thrown from the window out onto the street, where he wanders around, and we see the address in the mailbox is 1427 Elm, directly across from 1428. What? So, Glenn's house? Mm Mm-hmm. So he moved into Glenn's old house, apparently. Um, you know, I, I question the whole housing thing. Because right, because I think I remember when I, later in the movie, he looks out the window again, and you can see Glenn's house across the street. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, originally it was just Nancy's house. Yeah. And then it was Jesse's house. And then somehow Freddie Fred- just took it over, and yeah. then we find out in this movie, oh no, it was originally Freddie's house all along. 
It's like, oh, oh, okay. oh, Freddy's house that's right behind the Warner Brothers block. Yes, <laughs> where the Animaniacs live. Right, yep. right um, behind the Animaniacs because the fucking water tower. <laughs> but so he sees, uh, you know, he, he, he turns around and sees the house and then comically runs away. He's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Like he's tripping over random rubble and debris, climbs a fence, leaps over it, and then rolls down a hill forever. Like, he was just going... The, the credits were like, all right, we need about, like, 30 seconds more credits. Just keep tumbling. Keep tumbling. So, finally, he gets down to the bottom of the, the hill and sees a ticket booth on the side of the road with Bob Shay. <laughs> what? I know, right? What? A Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Bob Shay in it? Crazy. Uh-huh. Then he slides uh, he slides John a bus ticket to, with, a, with a Freddy... Like, a gloved Freddy hand. And tells him, hurry up, boy, you don't want to miss the bus. John turns and gets hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't miss it. <laughs> it didn't miss him either. He didn't either. miss it. Oh, man. But this is where, like, he sticks to the front of the bus like a fucking cartoon character. And Freddy laughs and says, no screaming while the bus is in motion. At the edge of Springwood, Freddy hits the brakes and launches John forward. Once he crosses the border of the town, he breaks through a barrier, leaving a cartoonish hole in the shape of John. <laughs> that's just kind of like a hole through reality. Um, when John tumbles through the hole, he ends up hitting his head on a rock, and this is where he gets amnesia. Because, you know, <laughs> beats his head on a rock. So amnesia was really, really prevalent in the 80s and early 90s. I know, I Wait, thought I was going to have a problem with that. Amnesia and quicksand. Yes. yes. They are not <laughs> <In> refrigerators. Nearly, <laughs> not oh, nearly as problematic <laughs> as I thought as a child. Mm-hmm. So when I was little... I wanted to have amnesia in the worst way, <laughs> so I would try like, like a teaspoon hitting myself in the head because I was too afraid to like bang my head on a rock. I mean, that's that's probably good instincts to not hit your head on a rock. You yeah, but what, like though? you know, it explains so much. I, it does. <laughs> but I was like obsessed with the idea of getting amnesia and being like so like in a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. It was so. Poisoning. Like, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Who are you? What do what you, you want? want? <gasps> oh, Lord. But so, and so ends story time with the suit. <laughs> <laughs> so we see John uh, slowly getting up from the from the ground there. And Freddy, like, kind of pokes the hole in reality and it disappears. And then he says, now be a good little doggy and go fetch. So we know he's sending John on a mission. John wakes up confused, looks through his pockets. We see some cash, a newspaper clipping that says Kruger woman still missing. And, of course, a box of caffeine pills because it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So off he staggers down the road. I don't think I've ever seen caffeine pills in real life. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I used to take no-dose when I was in college. Oh, boy. Yeah. We, we recently talked about my experience with caffeine pills and mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen them in real life. They God. exist. Oh, they definitely do. They're bad. Yeah. I've right. seen five-hour energies, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, no, this is way before five-hour. This is back in the early 2000s and late 90s. Yep, no-dose was the thing. In yeah, the 80s, I liked, Jesse I liked Spano. Sleeping. What's that? Jesse Spano yep. was never going to get into Stanford. <laughs> but all of her problems were solved in 22 minutes. Of course. But we got to the Recovery House Youth Shelter, where we meet Spencer and his dad. Uh, Dad is basically bitching at Spencer about how he expects him to behave when he gets out, and then storms out frustrated. Um, are, are we in agreed that Spencer's dad is just wish Alan Ruck? <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, right? yes. Yeah. Like, Cameron I, Fry grew up to be his dad, Yep. and just started yelling at his son. 
I, I can <laughs> I can absolutely see that. Um, so Dad like storms out, and then when he sees Maggie Burroughs, one of the uh, the. What is, what is she, like an attendant at this place? Yeah. It's, Billy Zane's, it's Billy Zane's sister. That's all that matters. <laughs> I think she, she was one of the, like, the therapists. She, yeah, place. she yeah um, she was a clinical person yeah. with letters after her name. She, yes. her, she just worked there. <laughs> <laughs> but when she comes in, he's like, good job with my kid. I expected better results. She's like, he's not a Toyota. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So she goes. He's like, like I know. He's a Ford. <laughs> I want a Ferrari. But she goes back in and, and Spencer tells Maggie that uh, his dad wants him to be a carbon copy of him. And he just isn't interested in it. So Maggie tells him, one of these days you're going to have to face your father. This is a running theme throughout the entire fucking movie. Parents suck and you're going to have to do better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelly, one of the other counselors, comes in and tells Maggie that he found a pipe bomb in Spencer's room. And Chekhov's pipe bomb. <laughs> and uh, Spencer goes, oh, I was just teaching some of the kids about survival techniques. <laughs> Runs out of the room. <laughs> it's just educational. I don't know why they got all mad about it. Right. But then he goes, I'm going to go put this in the arsenal with the rest of the crap. And he goes, she goes, I thought the, the cops were supposed to come pick that up. He goes, yeah, they're supposed to do a lot of things. I'm like, gee, I gee. wonder if that's going to come back later. You know, mm. also, it was very difficult to get on the list if you catch my drift. <laughs> right. We, we then meet Tracy, my least favorite character of the entire fucking franchise. I cannot stand this character. <laughs> As she runs in the room chased by security. You know what? I might hate her more than I hate Juno. That's a lot. Because yeah. Juno sucked. Oh. She was a real fucking bitch in, in The Descent. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so Maggie intervenes and we find out that she was beating on one of the other kids because he hit on her. Maggie tells the guard that she doesn't like to be touched. Also, this guard cannot catch a fucking break. Because he's got a fucking bloody nose from Tracy. Mm -hmm. And then later, he gets thrown out a window. Even though he does the one thing that no security guard has ever done in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. What's that? Follow a kid? Follow the kids (laughs) and make sure he was okay. Yes. And that's how he's repaid. Yes. Yes. But we cut to the cops finding John in an alleyway. They think he's yet another junkie. And uh, rather than doing paperwork, they're like, let's just bring him to the shelter. (laughs) Let the bleeding hearts do it. Uh, Back at the shelter, we meet Carlos, who is watching Tracy as she's boxing with a punching bag. He teases her, and immediately she wants to fight him, because Tracy is a one-note character who's just like, I would punch what I don't like, grr. And I don't like anything. (laughs) Exactly. And then how is Spencer, like, the reasonable one? I know, right? He all of a sudden comes in and he's like, talk to her. Well, because Carlos, <laughs> she starts threatening Carlos. And, he, and she's like, come on, let's fight, let's fight. And he's like, no, no. He goes, you wouldn't hit a guy with a handicap, would you? And points at his ear. And, and takes out his Well, before ear. he does it, oh, she's, like, she's like, I call that puss moves. And she's like flipping out on him. And he pulls out the, the earpiece and just kind of shakes it. And, and this is just kind of to show us, as the viewer, that every time he takes it out, you're not going to be able to hear shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to come back later. I love how they do this. Yes. Because he takes out the earpiece and you just can't hear anything. So Spencer comes in and forces him to put the earpiece back on. He's like, don't tune her out, man. Stand up to her. And he's like, oh, yeah, like you do? Or like you do with your dad? And then he's like, don't talk about my dad. And I get mad. But the three of them talk and we find out that they're planning on leaving. Like they're going to they're gonna escape the, the shelter. And uh, <sighs> this part annoys the shit out of me. Because she's like, 
is it done? Is it taken care of? He's like, yeah, I gave him our money. As long as we get the van before uh, before dawn, we're fine. And um, I know you got you're gonna steal vans. Um, yes. <laughs> as long as we get to get so the van before dawn, we're gonna be fine. Thing. And she's like, it better be. It fucking better be. Like she's just so angry all the fucking her time. Her blood pressure must be through the roof. <laughs> oh, I can't stand her. So when when Carlos uh, when Car- when Spencer Port forces Carlos to put his earpiece back in. He's like, why don't you speak back, or why don't you talk back to her, stand up to her? And he goes, I stopped talking back when it became hazardous to my health. So it proved, like, he points at his ear. He was abused. Somebody did that to him, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to come back later. Then we go to, Tracy asks uh, Spencer if everything is set for the three of them to leave. They have a plan to get out of there and get to California, because, you know, this movie doesn't take place in California. What? Um, Why does everyone want to go to California? uh, I've been there. It's actually kind of nice, isn't it? I have no desire to get some of that warm. <laughs> I prefer it. Yeah, I don't like the heat. But uh, I prefer it. Tra- this is where Tracy tells him everything better be, and she starts threatening him because that's all she can do. Uh, Spencer then tells her that he needs to, or that, wait on. Yeah, Spencer tells her that he needs to get out even more than they do. And she's like, what the fuck do you know, rich boy? And this is where she starts yelling at him. And he goes, what, did your dad come and visit you too? And she's like, yeah, every time I go to sleep. It's like, okay, so who is the kid? So we're questioning it throughout the entire movie. Now we cut to Yafet Koto, a.k.a. Doc, in his office, uh, which just so happens to have a bunch of 3D glasses lying around for plot reasons. (laughs) Now, my DVD copy did give me the option to watch it in 3D. Yeah. I didn't because I don't have any 3D glasses, but I did, we'll, we'll come back to it, I did do the trick. I was going to say, I, was tell, I told you. My original week. DVD copy does have the 3D glasses, along with my Friday the 13th 3D copy. They, they both came with glasses. So. See, I don't, I don't think my box set came with the glasses. The box set didn't. It yeah. was the individual, because I ended up getting the box set later. Yeah. And the, the individual release just comes with the, uh, or comes with the glasses. Um, and not, not any cutscenes or anything, though. Hmm. But so. I'm sure it's easy to get them. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but that, that first, well, the first release DVD didn't have much at all. But uh, Maggie comes in to talk to him about Tracy, and the two have this back and forth about about the kids and how Doc seems to think he can help them th- through their issues with dream therapy, because of course he does. Uh, he also mentions that he can help Maggie with her little problem. She's like, I don't have a problem, I just have a reoccurring dream. <laughs> it's like, so I love how right off the bat, like, these doctors and therapists are just like, dreams, man. <laughs> Fucking dreams, man. At least it's not a this reptile explains, dysfunction. You know True. what, though? Like, this explains Spencer a little bit better, because then they're all like, dude, explore your dreams. <laughs> Have some LSD. I also love how they always portray weed in these movies, because it's like, it's like the most trippy Whoa. substance in the world. Mm-hmm. Look what's on the TV. Carlos is on the TV, man. I know I'm dripping <laughs> out on that one. Yeah. But... <laughs> So Maggie looks around the office and sees a picture of a bizarre sculpture hanging on the wall. Uh, this depicts three snake-like creatures wrapped around two people standing outside of a doorway. I got a I got a picture like that too, but it did not. It doesn't look like that. <laughs> it's it's not snakes. <laughs> oh, it's it, it's snake-like trouser snakes. <laughs> um, Doc tells her they're supposedly ancient dream demons who roam the dream world looking for the most evil and twisted human imaginable. And then they can grant him the power to cross the line and turn nightmares into reality. I didn't know Elon Musk was in this. <laughs> I just want to know, like... Okay, we start this franchise where everyone's like, it's in your dream, it can't hurt you. 
by the end of this franchise, everyone's just like, yeah, dreams can kill you. They're fucking crazy. There are demons that roam the dreamscape. Like, every, and no one questions it. Everyone's just like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like in Buffy. Yeah, well, sure. at least, at least in, in, in Spring, Springwood or Springville? Springwood. Well, they're, they're, but they're outside yeah. of Springwood. That's true. But yeah. two miles out. True. <laughs> true. They should know what had happened in that town, but they but don't. That's I a whole feel like thing. as professionals, <laughs> they wouldn't be like, the problem is you dream demons. Like, it's just a little weird. This is, this is kind of like old-timey doctors. Your ghost got blood in it, or your blood's got ghosts in it. Let's do some cocaine about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the leeches! <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Dream demons. Snake-like dream demons. <laughs> Trouser snakes. Um, but this is where Kelly comes in and tells Maggie that the cops just brought in another kid. He's got amnesia pretty bad, and they need his her evaluation right away. Right away. So she goes outside to meet him, and she's like, where are you from? And he goes, different places! So he says, I don't know, yeah. but when he his delivery reminds me of Showgirls. Where yes. are you from? Different places! I was going to say, suddenly this turned to Showgirls. Um... But we oh, find out that Freddy wears a pasty. <laughs> well, in a way, he mm. kind of did in part three, only it was cut. <laughs> so, because there was Lady Titty Freddy. Mm. So, um, but we we find out he's been awake for roughly three days and has no idea where he's from or who he is. Um, he just knows that wherever he's from, he's the last one, the last survivor. He's clearly agitated and, and needs sleep. But Maggie tells him, or but he tells Maggie that if he falls asleep, he might not wake up. But he knows that. Yes, he knows, like, sleep is bad. <laughs> Sleep's bad, okay? Um, so we cut to Maggie at her office looking through John's belongings because she just, like, took his shit. She's got to make sure that he doesn't bring any pipe bombs. And right. they've got, they've filled their quota. Let me take your... They ready. don't have enough room in the arsenal. <laughs> Let me take your ready pocket full of, like, do- crumpled up dollar bills, caffeine pills, and this one pristine newspaper clipping that somehow was just... Neatly folded next to the crumpled wads of cash. And it didn't become crumpled in his pocket. Now that is magic. Exactly. But uh, yeah, if he had had today's kinds of headphones, it would have been just wrapped around all of it. Of course. <laughs> pocket art. <laughs> pocket art, indeed. <laughs> but she starts looking through his belongings, and we see the article about a miss- the missing Kruger woman in Springwood. But she notices a water tower in the background of the photo, which is clearly significant to her. Because it's Animaniacs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to go, well, Animaniacs or that 70s show, how they climb up the water tower to yes. hang out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would make sense uh, that, you know, Animaniacs is, is there because he eventually ended up at Warner Brothers. No, yeah, I was going to say New Line or, or Warner Brothers. I th- or I think New Line was a division of Warner Brothers forever, and then New Line finally like they just engulfed it. Well, they they Warner Brothers engulfed New Line after Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, so would you like to know the story about this? You want to know what they went all in on? New Line went all in on to try and save themselves. What's that? Semi Pro. The movie Semi Pro. If they had waited one more movie, they would have been able to save themselves. I'm not joking because the next movie sucks. in line. Was the Sex and the City movie. Ah. Yeah, and if they had just waited till that one, then they could have saved themselves. For, for, yep. Yeah. Don worked in a movie theater at that time and remembers that whole fucking thing happening. I just, I remember the interview with Bob Shea where he was talking about after Lord of the Rings, that's when people started paying attention. 
and then they had the people trying to like buy the company. Yeah. And because they were always a mini major up to that point. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. Like Freddy built it. Yep. Lord awesome of the Rings book. formed it, but Semi Pro killed it. <laughs> Lord, Lord of the Rings made everyone else pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so she, she clearly, you know, has some significance with this water tower. And we cut to John staying awake by singing bottles of beer on the wall, much to the annoyance of the other kids who huck pillows at him. Not only that, but like singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall, isn't yeah. that like counting backwards from 100? Yeah. Yeah. So. It would help you sleep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's counterproductive. I very much was waiting for a hard knock life. <laughs> the Jay Z version or Nice. Just having to be like it's a hard knock life. <laughs> Back to Maggie in her office, suddenly passed out at her desk because everybody just fucking sleeps in these movies. They're all narcoleptic. Um the woman <laughs> I also grew up thinking that napping on your desk as a grown-up was really going to be a thing. Yeah. They frown upon that. I mean, you want it to be a thing as a grown-up, but she just can't. If you want to keep her job. Yes. But she's she's passed out, and suddenly the woman in the newspaper clipping sits up from the photo and says, I won't tell. (laughs) Cut in on Maggie's dream. Because you're a fucking newspaper clipping. (laughs) You're a newspaper ghost. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we cut it on Maggie's dream where we see the water tower and now we see a little girl, run, the little girl from the plane running around the backyard. Uh, she going Mexico, Canada. <laughs> the girl runs playfully from her father in the backyard until a woman screams and Maggie wakes up. Uh, back to John, who has now fallen asleep. He wakes up because a leaky pipe is dripping on his face, which quickly turns into blood. Because of course it does. I know it was coming, but I was waiting for you to say piss. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, he's in the old Freddy house, which is actually Nancy's house or Jesse's house, but whatever. The it's old Freddy house. house. Apparently, it's Freddy's. And the little girl from the plane is standing right in front of him. He goes, Tell me who I am. And she goes, I won't tell. Why would she know? <laughs> Why? Why does Dream Girl know who you are? Because it's but, his dream. Yeah, well, well, still, why would why would she know? But obviously, Freddie's been like, "Hey, toy with you, me." True. Bring me that little girl. <laughs> I don't know why that's Freddie now, but that's how I'm going to portray it. So Freddie Freddy is the wicked witch in the West. Yes, bring yeah. me that little girl. <laughs> so she scampers off, and John follows. Now, this is one of those things I've complained about before. I complained about it in uh, Nightmare Three, and we'll complain again about it here. Like, I have no problem with what Freddy does in the dream world. When he is suddenly making things happen in the real world, it's like, follow your own rules. Just please follow your own (laughs) rules. Because we see in the dream, John's going upstairs, and then he just walks, he levitates up invisible stairs in a hallway with a low ceiling. Where did he go? It's but, like that, that old trick where, like, people walk down the stairs behind a couch. Yeah, but we see him literally levitating, <laughs> yeah. so. But, but this is also when the, the security guard has noticed him, but he doesn't notice fucking that. Right. <laughs> well, he sees him go around a corner. He's like, what the fuck's he up to? And then we see around the corner, he's up to levitating. <laughs> yeah. He's about up to the ceiling. That's where it's. I got no strings to hold me down. <laughs> now, granted, later in the movie, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is, but it's like. 
Where, like, how the fuck, like, where did he, like, okay, I'm fine with him levitating in a way, because the rest of the movie does this. Yeah. But where did he go? He was still on the first floor. Yeah, because when he wakes up, he's on the first floor. And I'm saying, it, this whole sequence makes no sense. It's like the Banana Splits movie. Right. Are they downstairs? Are they upstairs? Where, where is this going? Well, like, so we see in the dream, John walks upstairs and he finds a padded room with himself in it. And his little, uh, his, you know, padded padded room self, his straitjacket self, turns around and he goes, Free me, you idiot, I'm your fucking memory! John screams and backs up into the poor guard we were talking about earlier and sends him careening out the window. Now, did you think he fell down two stories? I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh shit, like, I feel like that's... Like, the... oh shit, he killed that guy! Yeah, I feel like that's the only reason they were like, let's show him levitating so people will think he fell really far and then he won't really fall far... He but fell like, into the rose bush. He just fell outside. But it's like, but that's a bad payoff, because yeah. now we want to know, like, where the fuck did John walk to? Yeah. But I love the the guard, because he gets up, he goes, asshole. This <laughs> <laughs> poor guard. Can we have a whole movie with the guard? I, I just want a movie from his point of like, view. Like, can we have, like, he, just throw him in the van with everybody else. Like, I think it would have made sense. That could be a good idea for a Raised by Rentals episode. <laughs> the point of view from, like, that some random, one guard. random, a no, random no, character. That one guard. Wow. Because I have a feeling he's been in that town for a long time and he's seen some fucked up shit. <laughs> I, I, I will say we do have two episodes planned for kind of background characters. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say one is very heavy on Al Leong. So... The perpetual henchman of the 80s. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, <laughs> we cut back to Maggie talking to John about his dreams. He explains to her uh, what it was, or that it was about the town from the article he has, and he mentions the little girl in the water tower. Maggie asks what the little girl looked like, and John starts to describe her, and Maggie finishes his sentence. Because, you know, it's the same girl from her dream somehow. She's like, fuck, I know the Animaniacs! <laughs> Those stoner kids hanging out at the water tower. <laughs> Hello, Wisconsin! <laughs> they go to Wisconsin in the dream. <laughs> Freddy's a cheesehead. Um, <laughs> he kind of is. Yeah, he's a melted cheesehead. Actually, Mike just said what I tried to say, but I was laughing too hard. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to Doc talking to Maggie about how John's dreams and Maggie's dreams are somehow linked because movie reasons. Maggie thinks Doc is whacked as any logical human being would. He's like, his dreams mean trouble. His dreams are connected to your dreams. His mean- his dreams mean trouble, so I don't like it for you. What? <laughs> like, none of that makes sense. <laughs> Cut to Maggie and John. She wants to take him back to Springwood to see if it will spark his memory. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to go. It's bad there. He goes, I'll stay here, sparkless but happy. He's like, you go if you want to spark. So... She forces him to come with her, and the two hop in the van and leave for Springwood. John wakes up in the van and is pissed, saying that Maggie shouldn't have let him fall asleep. Suddenly he sees a little girl in the road, saying to go back. John grabs the wheel and pulls it, while Maggie yells for him to wake up, so John was sleeping this whole time. So, when they were driving in there, there was a sign that said, Springwood, two miles away. Yes. You're going to tell me this town next to Springwood doesn't know this history of what's going on over there. And again, now, if we're looking logically, yes, that makes fucking no sense whatsoever. (laughs) If we're looking in the context of the film... Everything outside of Springwood, Freddie changes the memories of. Because it comes back later. 
Yep. You're right. So yep. that's why I was going to say, like... We're going to discuss that later, guys. Sorry. <laughs> In the context of the film, it makes sense, but it doesn't make any fucking logical sense. Um, so Maggie hits the brakes, the car careens off the road, and sends Tracy, Spencer, and Carlos flying out of the back. Surprise! Did Leatherface <laughs> break the rear window? <laughs> he steal the tree, steals the trunk. <laughs> what was their goal like they got in the van like they didn't go anywhere in the van like you were you were they sleeping yeah were you planning on stealing the van or just like staying there until someone took it like yeah i wasn't sure like in annie it's coming back to annie they were hiding in the laundry ah yeah i was be smuggled out easy street (laughs) we're just gonna bring it back to annie every time no, I was just curious because I'm like, I don't know if the guy they paid if he was like, here's the keys to the van or if he's like, I'll be driving out that way at <laughs> such and such time, be in the van before dawn. Like if that was the plan, because they're like, we're going to get in there before dawn. And it's like, okay, so why? But like, she leaves mid-afternoon. I know. I know. <laughs> so Maybe the guy called off of work that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, fuck, where is he? We've been sitting here for 12 hours. I really gotta pee. And time, as we know... Doesn't make any sense in these movies? Nope. Especially in these ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're all... It's, you know, it's daytime, it's nighttime, it's back to daytime again. It's all over the place. They cross a border. Time. <laughs> they, they cross <laughs> a border to new time zone. Yeah, like, is it yeah. a dream? Is it not a dream? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But, um... So, yeah. Maggie, of course, is pissed and, and yells at them for doing what they did. And of course, Tracy, because she's a one-note character, is like, "Who's your fucking driver that almost got us killed?" Oh, shut, shut the up. fuck up! I hate her. So I hated much. that delivery of that line, though. I'm like, oh. "Shut the fuck up!" She's, uh, she's you. So you're hard. the one trying to sneak out. Like, <laughs> she sucks. She's. I would like us to do a watch along. She's gonna... with really detestable characters, <laughs> just so like it's like a mystery science theater. <laughs> shut the fuck up! What a fucking bitch! Oh, damn titties! <laughs> We'd have to pick, like, a really weird movie, like, Inbred, to do that with. Oh, God. Oh, the fucking shit scene. Ooh. But, uh, have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's bad. Somebody is murdered in that with a septic hose, I <laughs> say. Yeah. That's how you get the salmon Ooh, out. Maybe I have seen it, then. They shoved... Or I'm just thinking of that one X-Files episode. <laughs> they shoved a septic hose in his mouth and turned on the, the shitter tank and just... Filled his gullet with poop. I mean, I watched all three human centipedes. How bad could it be? (laughs) Oh, you watched the third one? I fucking hated that one. I did too. I didn't say. Oh. You mean the movie about just like a local doctor bringing three people together? I mean, I don't (laughs) understand. See, I and I will argue the first one's good. The first one is the like, concept is really good. It's very well executed. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. No, we're not here to talk about human centipede. But maybe in March. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been saying I'm fine with getting the first one on here. The other ones, ooh. but uh, so anyway, they make their way to Springwood, and we see the town fair is happening. This scene I've always found incredibly creepy. Like honestly, as a kid and even as an adult, it creeps me out. 
Just, just the look of it, though. There's no kids around. There's all these, like, skeevy, old, crazy adults. It's like, the clown. They, it's the clown. The cloud is actually the only oh, one I, I agree with. Like, smoking with all the deflated balloons over in the corner. He, he just looks like he's given up on life. He looks like a normal adult to me. The rest of them look crazy. I get a feeling, though, this goes on every day. That this isn't, oh, yeah. this, isn't this particular day. Like, this is... A Groundhog Day situation where they're there every day doing this. I'm really surprised that I wasn't afraid of carnivals when I was a child. Yeah, because you hate clowns. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, I think you're right, though, because the, the food that they show is clearly rotten and yeah. it has bugs all over it. So it's been out for a while. Um, so, yeah, I just think the town is fucking Nutter Butters, which we will get confirmation very shortly. Very, very soon. <laughs> With a but, brilliant performance, though. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Surprisingly. The, 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 you know, the group looks around and they comment on how odd it is that there's no kids at the fair. And um, Maggie tells Spencer, Tracy, and Carlos to find a phone and call Kelly to let them know, or let him know what they did and where they are. So the three head off begrudgingly. And of course, you know, Tracy, like, you tell me what to do. I was like, oh, fucking shut up, Tracy. <laughs> Maggie and John walk around looking at the fair. Cut over to Spencer using a payphone, but it's broke. While he does this, Roseanne creepily watches through the glass. That scene is spooky as shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Roseanne before the work, too. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. This is like early Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah, this well, this is early 90s Roseanne, so yeah. yeah. This was this like at the season height of three. Yeah, the this, height of the show. This is before she was canceled. Yep. Yeah. Well, like 30 well, years before. Well before. <laughs> In more ways than one, yeah. is yes. what I should say. This, this was before the show got bad. So before, what, season five? <laughs> like, it was still when the show was really good. This is the... Oh, yeah. It'd be the years when George Clooney was on the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was his name? Booker. Uh, Booker, thank you. I wanted to say Tucker, and I'm like, that's so wrong. It's not Tucker. <laughs> Because um, I keep, for, for some reason, when the Connors came back, I was, I was like, come on, just like have them sh- walk in. Just be like, hey guys, what's going on? I did like the Connors, but I eventually stopped watching. I, yeah, I did I too. Because I TV shows. Um, but yeah, so she rushed. They got rid of DJ for some reason. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like he was fired from the show for some reason. Like wow. he was just like, he's not in the show. But his kid was still there. The kid was living with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I apparently stopped watching yeah. before that. Yeah. But uh, so Roseanne rushes over them, begins doting on them, telling them how beautiful they are. And she's like, you can come live with me. It's been so long since there were any children in the house. And this part, it creeped me out as a kid. And it especially creeped me out now watching it where she goes, she's like hugging Spencer. And he goes, this time I'll hide you better. He'll, so he'll never find you. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking creepy. I literally wrote a note saying, I want to say something about it, but they're both too good. Like, oh, I no, this scene is, yeah. is genuinely well done. <laughs> yeah. It's effective, it's creepy, and, like, she's playing crazy really well. Because I was remember... She acting? <laughs> well, I remember people making a big deal that, oh, Tom and Roseanne are in the movie. Like, they're mm-hmm. in the movie. And everyone's like, oh. Mm-hmm. But then, like, now, I, like, I remember that. But now we're watching, I'm like, man, they actually did pretty good. Yes. Yeah. No, they really did. And they're, they're only in it for like four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because here comes Tom Arnold running up and goes, Ethel, <laughs> like pulls her away. And she pleads saying, I want my children back. And he goes, you know, they bring him. And then we hear the school bell ring. And he goes, now look what you're going to do. And the kid's like, what the fuck? And he pulls Ethel away. But now 
I know you guys have seen the the documentary, mm-hmm. but uh, they talk about in the documentary that the entire time that Tom and Roseanne were on set, they were just like pawing at each other and making out because that is where they were at in yeah. the relationship. Yep, <laughs> they were just like dry humping on set. Oh Lord! I'm, oh, that's <laughs> not something I, I want to see. That and I'm like having flashbacks to the conversation we had about what happened last night at your work. Oh, and oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was. I, I mean, Mike wouldn't send the pictures. So I don't know why. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> A uh, HIPAA violation, really. No, that's so, you know, true. It's, that's uh, true. That's, so Tom and Roseanne scurry Tom away. and Roseanne. <laughs> that's for my own personal question. No, I'm just kidding. Scurry, scurried off to go paw at each other at the high school. Yes. Okay. Uh, or, you know, somewhere around the high <laughs> yeah. school. Yeah. But, um, so the three head back to the van, and Maggie tells them to get inside and head back to the shelter. John ominously, ominously comments, I hope they make it. And then Maggie tells John they should go to the school because someone rang those bells, so why not? Plot's got a plot. And Silent Hill, <laughs> right? So, I, I this there's this one statue that just says the children shall endure, and it's just like a little like Boy Scout. I'm like, but okay. that's that's just weird in general. So that reminds me of um, Bioshock Three. Mm-hmm. That statue, I yeah. can picture it being in that video game. But I mean, like, okay, so just in in general, the, a random statue of a Boy Scout. With the children shall endure on it. Like, that just seems strange in general to have. But in a town where all the kids died, they clearly didn't endure. Like, the statue's or, false advertising. Or did they? Only one. Oh. <laughs> I meant in other things. That he doesn't remember. <laughs> this is true. But, uh, so, you know, Tracy, Spencer, and Carlos drive past the statue... And now we get to see the loop. Like, they're stuck in a loop. And no matter which way they go, they end up back at the statue. Um, <laughs> fucking hate this stupid moment. Spencer lights a joint, and Carlos and Tracy tell him to put it out. Spencer protests, saying it helps me relax. And Tracy gets angry, because of course she does. And says, I can relax you with these two fingers. I'll puncture your heart and mess up these clean seats. <laughs> I fucking hate her. <laughs> like, she's so annoying. <laughs> but... Carlos tries uh, tries to offer Tracy the map, but she refuses, and they continue driving. That'll come back in a moment. So, back to Maggie and John, finding a chalk drawing of Freddy on the sidewalk with one, two, Freddy's coming for you. It doesn't rain in this town? Uh, not it at all. It doesn't rain? Or How long has that chalk drawn it's been It's permanent there? chalk. Maybe <laughs> a crazy dude, like, perpetually runs out there and redraws it. Like, I'll draw Freddy back. <laughs> it's covered... With a tarp. <laughs> it's shellacked. It's on the pavement permanently. It's mod podged. <laughs> but now this is uh, the, the first reference to the nursery rhyme, which is, is also the only Nightmare on Elm Street movie that does not have the little girls. Well, technically yeah. it does have the little girl. No, the little girls in the white dresses. I, well, She's not in a white dress. She's not in a white dress. Yeah, okay. she's not a little blonde girl. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> But no, this is the only one of the Nightmare films that does not have the three girls That's jumping right. rope with the, the I mean, later I have an argument about how red Freddy's hair gets. But, you know, I'm like... <laughs> oh, he, well, we, come on, he has no soul. He's, that's why he steals everyone else's souls. He's a ginger. Well, uh, like, it's really red compared to the other ends of the spectrum. It's from all those beatings. <laughs> he's a red harder, step, daddy. He's literally a red-headed stepchild. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So, uh, the, the, you know, we cut back to the to the car with, or to the van with Tracy and, and the others. They make several more circles, and finally she gives in and asks for the map. 
Carlos goes to unfold it and keeps unfolding it bigger and bigger and bigger until finally he gets to a section that says, you're fucked. Which, you know... His delivery of the line, though, was brilliant. Oh, it, but this, this whole scene still holds up for me. Like, that, the way he does, he's like, what the hell? And he just keeps unfolding it bigger. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? What is this? And he's, like, freaking out. So he wakes up with a start when Tracy yells at him again for the map. He throws the map off his lap and goes, yeah, well, the map says we're fucked. But you know what? He's acting like how if you gave a map to a child today. Yes. <laughs> Would a child even know what it is? I don't think so. Like a rotary phone. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you dial a rotary phone? Uh. <laughs> but Spencer tells her that she's had two chances, so now it's his turn. And again, she's got to be a bitch. They get out, we see them like pass each other. She fucking shoulder checks him and calls him a dickhead. It's like, why? She's just ah uh, so bad. So they get behind the wheel and they head off. Uh, meanwhile, Maggie and John arrive at the school. Spray painted on the wall, we see three, four, better lock your door. So we see pieces of the nursery rhyme all around this town. Uh, inside, they find a cracked out teacher talking to an empty class. Pulls down... Who's fucking brilliant. Oh, he's a great performance. <laughs> but he pulls down a map which says five, six, grab your crucifix. Um, Mag- Maggie, be- I love how, how John goes to talk to him. And Maggie's like, no, 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 don't interrupt him. I'm like, Why? It's not he's, like he's sleepwalking. He's, <laughs> he's talking to no one and like, talking about how, like all about Freddy 101. Um, but yeah, she uh, so Maggie opens up this book of missing you know missing children and sees all these newspaper clippings, including one about the missing Kruger woman. She slides John's clipping in next to it, and we see that apparently he took it from that book. So she's like, "You were here at some point," because there's no other newspapers in town. Nope. Just no, that. it fit perfectly. It has to be at that <laughs> location. <laughs> right. The, the paper around it yeah. is like really weathered and like discolored. So mm-hmm. you know. <gasps> it fits. Yes. It matches. If it fits, not so quits. <laughs> it, it obviously fit because it was cut into perfect lines. Yes. Straight 90 degree line <laughs> angles. And it was not crumpled in his pocket with his bum change. <laughs> With his bum change. I made that up. Did you like it? Indeed. It goes in the coin slot. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when she tells John, you, you were here at some point, is when the teacher pays attention. Oh, there's people in the room. And he goes, welcome to Freddy 101. And he goes, 1493, Freddy sailed across the sea. <laughs> so he's it? <laughs> Apparently. Well, then he, he points at a, a timeline. And he goes, anyone know what this is? Anyone? Anyone? He goes, this is where they took away his child. Now he's pointing at 1966. Why does John think that he <laughs> was the kid? I mean, I get it. The guy's crazy. He said Freddie was around in 1493. I get it. But he's... Maybe. Cl- John, he has amnesia. He doesn't know how old he is. <laughs> he's like, he's I'm in my... 57. He's like, I'm in my 40s, damn it. Like, no, John. No, hold on. Think about this. Here's, here's why I, I think he may have thought because obviously he didn't sail the sea <laughs> right <laughs> on the other date so clearly well, it doesn't necessarily mean well that's what i was saying i was saying like i get that the guy is crazy but that's also a crazy logic leap to be like yeah 1966 they took his kid away <gasps> i'm his kid like no you're not you're in your 20s and it's in the 90s well, what year did this come out 91 90, 90, yeah. yeah 91 okay so 
So he would have been like, and he was... 25. Supposed, yeah. Yeah. How are it's, you... You were... So if he was... Why am I sticking up for him? If he yeah. was a child in 1966... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. That, that, that math isn't mathing. Oh. He wasn't born in 19. He could have been, but he was... Okay, I get it now. Sorry. Um, Carry on. But, so he then goes on to say how they took away Freddy's child and put him in a town orphanage. John exclaims, Freddy had a kid, and drags Maggie out of the classroom. Quick, to the orphanage! <laughs> As he goes, 1494, Freddy came back to look for more. Okay? Um, back to the kids in the van, still driving in circles. I would have wanted to hear the rest of the nursery. Right? I, know. I want to know when he discovered America. When did, he, <laughs> when did the Animaniacs join him? Well, not till after this episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so they, they come back around to the statue yet again, and Tracy is all bitchy, even though she couldn't get him out of there either. She's like, wow, you suck, Spencer, I'm leaving. <laughs> just, like, gets out of her car, and they're like, where are you going? She's like, away! Girl, bye! Oh, I fucking hate her. So, of course, they follow her around, and she just, you know, walks up to a random house and is like, I'm gonna stay here, and karate kicks the door open. On on what street, though? I know, it's on Elm Street, but we don't know it's Elm Street yet. Like, when we see her talking, we see it after she walks to the door, then we see the background, Elm Street. Oh, see, I thought it was while they were walking away, before they got to the house. It's Yeah, before they got to the house. I'm saying, like, here where she's going, I'm going away, you know, and they start walking away. But, um, so yeah, she goes and she karate kicks in the door. And she even goes, hi-ya, which cracked me the fuck up. Um, so once they go inside, the entire thing transforms into the Freddy house. Or Nancy's house. Or Jesse's house. Because, of course, it does. With a red door. Mm Mm-hmm. Because let's state, it's a red door. It's always a red door. But there's a blue door at some point, too, wasn't there? In reality. Yes. And the the real house. Yes, the real house is a blue door. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But but in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's always a red door. Red pill. Blue pill. (laughs) But uh, inside, they immediately go their separate ways because it's a horror movie. Carlos heads upstairs, finds a bed, and climbs in to get some shut-eye. That should be it. Leave Carlos alone. Why are you going to look for him later? (laughs) So Tracy immediately calls out for Carlos. He hears her, gets up, but doesn't find himself in the room anymore. Rather, he's now in a, a run-down tenement building. He goes to run and turns to find his mother, who threatens him with a giant cotton swab, saying, Maybe you don't hear so good. Maybe I clean out your ears for you. Now, again, as a kid, this scene really disturbed me. Because, like, seeing that it's his mother that did this to him, it's like, God, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's a running theme throughout the movie. Parents are horrible. Like, that's the whole theme of the film. But, uh, so she pulls out this giant cotton swab and is threatening him. And he's begging her, like, you know, please don't, please don't make me deaf, mama. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then the mom turns into Freddy and goes, well, I'm not. And just shoves the fucking cotton swab through his head. Goes in one ear, pops out the other. Literally in one ear and out the other. Yep. Well, did you see how dirty those ears were after it popped out? Well, there has a little bit of brain on the <laughs> yeah. other side, you know. They it's... were dirty. <laughs> For the dirty thoughts. Of course. <laughs> and so, Carlos, like, comically pulls. It's like, it, like, pops out of his head when he pulls it out. And then Freddy goes, hey, Carlos, lend me your ear. <laughs> and just slices an ear off. <laughs> oh, but I, this is the scene I was talking about. I love it. Like, everything goes muffled. Mm-hmm. So now we can't hear anything. 
Uh, Freddy picks up Carlos and throws him through a, through the wall and into a huge nightmare boiler room. We can hear the wall break. We hear it very muffled, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, because we hear Carlos's heartbeat and every every other sound is very, very muffled. Mm-hmm. So, like, we hear the, the crumbling rocks and then when he gets in the, the boiler and we hear, like, the, like, tinkling of the metal as everything's falling. It's like, just, just little sounds. I, th- I thought it was really cool. But um, Carlos makes his way through the room without being able to hear anything but his own heartbeat. And behind him, Freddy jumps around, making all these faces and pantomiming noise. And then lo- looks at the camera and is like, shh, and scampers away. <laughs> so, while, uh, while Carlos continues to walk around, he screams just like, you know, stand up! But he goes, give me my hearing back! And Freddy drops a hearing aid from a catwalk above him. What do you want from me? <laughs> yes, exactly. That was a that was a callback to I know what you did last summer. Indeed, but he drops. It's the second callback to it because I think we did it earlier too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? See if we do the hat trick, guys. Hold on, we may have a hat trick in this. So Carlos immediately puts on the uh, the hearing aid that Freddie dropped to him. But, womp womp, it's a nightmare version, because of course it is. Which grows into the side of his head and amplifies the volume to insane levels, making the sounds of a water drop sound like thunder. He rushes over to find the source of the water and then turns off the the faucet. Freddy pulls a single pin out and drops it from above, which sounds like a bomb dropping. Carlos catches it, you know, to stop it from hitting the metal floor. Then Freddy holds up a handful of pins and comes like, oh, no, 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 no. And Freddy just goes, shh, and drops the whole thing. And then you just hear all of these bombs dropping all over Carlos and clanking off the metal floor. <laughs> Freddy comes up behind him with a chalkboard and goes, ooh, and starts stretching it out. Ah. But it's a beautiful practical effect. Oh, it's so it good. <laughs> but, like, I again, I love Freddy's cartoonish nature in this entire scene. He gets, but... I also hate this scene because I cannot stand the sound. He then scratches one claw across the chalkboard, which makes Carlos's nose bleed. And then he's like, no, 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 don't do it anymore, don't do it anymore. And Freddy starts scratching the fuck out of the chalkboard with his nails, and it causes Carlos's head to explode. Now, originally, his head was supposed to explode into, like, organic puzzle pieces, which I thought was pretty cool and would go with the rest of the scene. Yeah. But apparently the effect was too costly, so they were just like, fuck it. Mm. But. They did the old scanners. Yeah. The, the storyboards for it look pretty cool, though. Um, <laughs> they probably had to pay Johnny Depp too much. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But he, Freddy catches the uh, the nightmare hearing aid and just goes, nice hearing from you, Carlos. <laughs> and then does his little... <laughs> So, back in the waking world, Tracy looks for Carlos, finds the bedroom empty, but his hearing aid lying on the nightstand. She realizes something is wrong and tries to talk to Spencer about it. But, of course, Spencer is high and watching a broken TV. Because pot in horror movies make you see things. (laughs) Sorry, that shit's laced. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Guys, pot in the 90s was totally different. Oh, it was so much stronger. so different. <laughs> Global warming has made it weak. <laughs> it used to make you see zombies. <laughs> so he goes, hey, have you seen what's on this TV? And she's like, damn it, you're wasted. She goes, I'm getting the van and going to look for Carlos. So she leaves. 
So she's Why? getting the van. Where would he go? He yeah. doesn't have his hearing aid. Why don't why you finish checking think, the rest of the house? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, why would you think Carlos like left the house? Right. She just. You guys were downstairs. Wouldn't you have heard the door? She's just stupid. Nobody likes Tracy. She's a real dumb bitch. She has no reason to survive this I movie either. I actually didn't mind her until you guys kept her like, I fucking hate her. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, and this is Let's bring back Taryn from number three. Which they originally were supposed to do, but I'll get into that, uh, that later. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. She's just such a one-note character. I hate one-note characters, and that's all she is. If she was just in it for, like, a brief moment, fine. Be a one-note character. But you're a main character. She's the one that survives. I know. That's what I'm saying. She has no business surviving. It could have... Look at her career compared to Breckenmeyer. Right? I'm just saying. Uh, although, Brecken does get one of the best deaths. <laughs> he really does. Um, so, Tracy tells him that she's going, like I said, going to take the van to find Carlos. And then we see what Spencer is seeing on the TV. And it's all these, like, ghosts being like... And then Carlos pushes his way to the front. He's like, Spencer, don't fall asleep. He goes, Carlos, man, we were just looking for you. <laughs> just right out. <laughs> As you hear Carlos going, you fucking stoner. It's that wacky weed. Yeah, that wacky tobacco. So, yeah, we, we cut to John and Maggie at the Springwood Orphanage. Uh, Maggie tells John, we shouldn't even be here. We're supposed to be finding, about, finding out about your past, not some dead killer's kid. Which John responds, uh, we might be talking about the same thing. Because oh, really? I was the kid. Because <laughs> I am 100% convinced that I'm Freddy's baby. I'm I the was, dream child. <laughs> because only boys can be born. <laughs> Girls don't exist. <laughs> They're hatched. <laughs> I'm a chicken lady. Girls are like... Chicken dwar- lady loves life. <laughs> Bottom my body and onto your plate. Um, yeah, no, girls are like dwarves. They just spring from the earth. <laughs> They're like Gimme in Lord of the Rings. We're, we're Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> <laughs> but John is really convinced that the only reason he's still alive and everyone else is dead is because he's Freddy's kid. Just then, a woman who works at the orphanage comes downstairs singing. She's clearly Nutter Butters. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> but another brilliant performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she, you know, she's nuts just like every other adult in Springwood. She sees John and comments, oh, you've come back. How nice. John is excited that she remembers him. And she goes, I remember all of my children. And then turns to Maggie and says, especially you. You were such a pretty little girl. (laughs) And then she turns to a bunch of imaginary people going, and I remember you and you and you. It's a romper room shout out. It really is. (laughs) Corey. Oh, Lord. (laughs) John asks if she remembers the Kruger child. And she goes, of course. Because she goes, I remember all of my children. And he goes, who was it? And she gets real serious going, we're not permitted to talk about the or about <laughs> children's true identity. And Maggie finds a drawing, uh, a drawing of a family by a Kay Kruger. John looks at it going, Kay Kruger, that could mean anything from Kevin to Kyle. Only guys have K names. <laughs> Kyle is gender neutral. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a guy's name the girl stole. <laughs> There could be Kyle girls. It's, again, his logic, his line of reasoning is so fucking stupid. <laughs> but well, he's just Ken. <laughs> he is. He's Kenuff. He's Kenuff. Kenny! <laughs> you mean Timmy? Timmy! But Kenny! <laughs> I was like, Kenny was a... <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> 
Peggy tells him that all it really means is that there was a child here by that name. But John is convinced it's him, and that's why he's allowed to live. John. John. <laughs> yeah. John real, with a K. My real name is a John. It's Kyle. He is a Kyle. John points out, he goes, she remembered me. And Maggie goes, yeah, she remembered me and about 50 other imaginary friends. Let's go. Now, do you think she actually did remember them and then just was crazy about the rest of them? Or just be like, no, I, you're just crazy. I think she remembered Maggie. Because she got real serious when she was like, especially you. Like... Everyone else was like, oh, and you, and you, and you. But her, she's like, especially you. Um, so the two leave as Tracy pulls up in the van, freaking out about not being able to find Carlos. She explains what happened. They all pile back in the van and head to the house where Spencer is. We cut back to the house where Spencer wakes up watching TV, but we see Johnny Depp is now on the TV doing the This Is Your Brain on Drugs ad. Now, is it Johnny Depp or is it Glenn? No, that's definitely Johnny Depp. Glenn, okay. Glenn was was totally different looking. Like he had the the feathered hair and little half shirt. <laughs> but back when dudes used to wear half shirts in the eighties and booty shorts, half shirts and booty shorts, mm. balls just hanging out the short leg. Oh, what was it, bad grandpa? <laughs> Or any jackass skit. Yes. Let's continue. Or the balls are hanging right. out of the street. Quick side note: We made my boss the other day because with the snowstorm. Hang his balls out. No, we were, we were we were there was only three of us at the store because just we were just waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have a television. And I was like, my boss turned on his Netflix. I was like, let's fuck with his algorithm. <laughs> and oh, no. I found there was a jackass, and I made him watch a jackass. <laughs> it was jackass 4.5, guys. Just so you know, and he's like. The whole thing, the rest of the day, he's like, some guy was eating a popsicle out of the guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he kept telling this to everyone. <laughs> I take it he's never seen Jackass before. I don't think he's seen that one. Then he was like, would you guys oh. be offended if it was a woman? We were like, no. <laughs> oh, Because at least she would have bleached her ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the movie. Oh. There's always something with assholes when yep. the Jackass crews around. But, um, so yeah, for anyone that does not, does not remember that this is your brain on drugs at, basically they would crack hold an up egg. an egg and they'd go, this is your brain. And they'd crack it and put it in a frying pan and go, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And that was supposed to be effective to keep you off of drugs. Um, it just made me want eggs. I know, right? I was like, I just got hungry. I was a fat kid. Yeah, but um, she became Josie from Josie and the Pussycats, guys. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> but so he goes, after Johnny Depp does the whole, the whole spiel... He goes, any questions? And then suddenly, he gets hit in the face with the frying pan and the egg. And Freddie pops in and goes, yeah, what do you want? Looks like a frying pan and some eggs to me. And Spencer's like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. Like, really wasn't, but Spencer... It's that special, like, early 90s weed. <laughs> Super potent. Spencer before, thought it was hilarious. Before global warming <laughs> ruined all the pop crops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're never going to get through this movie. No, we are not. <laughs> just keep talking. It's okay. not even me half the time. <laughs> I'm just going to say we are already an hour and 12 minutes in and ha- not even halfway through. Um, I'm trying to beat the Fright Night record. <laughs> I don't like that. You're not coming back if that's <laughs> The editing process sucks. <laughs> it's so much more work for me. But... 
Anyway. We're not uh, even hopped up on anything. <laughs> like, me and, me and Susie have water. <laughs> what would you put on the pizza? I know, right? I made the pizza. Yeah, what would you put on it? <laughs> but, so, Freddie looks at Spencer and goes, Hey, Spence, let's trip out. Cue in a God of DeVita and some trippy visuals as TV colors come out and wrap around Spencer. Because it was the 90s and it had to be in a God of DeVita. It was always in a God of DeVita. It still is always in a God of DeVita. So-called Simpsons podcast. Let's go to that episode. <laughs> in but, the garden of Eden. So the TV colors come out of the screen, wrap around Spencer, and pull him in. Right, be- right before the others come in, the TV shuts off. Uh, so Tracy and the others are freaking out that now Spencer is gone. So they split up to search the house and look for him. Cut to Spencer in a video game being played by Freddy. Oh, uh, this scene. Uh, this is like my favorite scene in the movie. It's so ridiculous, but I love it. So we just see Spencer like walking along like a 2D side scroller, jumping over rats. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps down a pipe where he faces off against his dad in a locker room going, be like me, be like me. And hitting him with a tennis racket. So Spencer grabs the tennis racket from him and beats the hell out of him. Going, I don't want to be like you. And then we see a bigger version of his dad going, be like me. And smacks him into a tree where he gets an apple power up and turns into Super Spencer. <laughs> oh, cat's pulling the cords. <laughs> All of a sudden it was just like, I'm being pulled down. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Okay, so yeah, he gets the, the apple power up and shoots the, the giant dad. Um, <laughs> Freddy just looks like, great graphics. So Maggie heads out into the backyard, and turn, it turns out to be the same backyard from her dream that she, where she sees the water tower. Surprise, surprise. Though when it was Nancy's house, I never saw a water tower exactly. or Jesse's house. Uh, yeah, well, they were in California. They had palm trees up front. It's two miles away. <laughs> That's why we didn't see it. Fucking Animaniacs. (laughs) They just moved into town and ruined everything. (laughs) So we cut back to Spencer in the video game punching through walls, and then he suddenly pops out through one of the walls in the house, and John just yells, I found Spencer. (laughs) Maggie comes running back inside to find Tracy and John with Spencer, but Spencer is getting his ass kicked by Dream Freddy. So we just see his stomach, like, sucking in repeatedly. Uh, They can't wake him up, so John suggests... I gotta go into the dream to get him out before Freddy kills him. No one blinks an eye at this concept. Nope. Everyone's just like, yeah, sure, of course. Of course you gotta go in the dream. Why not? I mean, granted, Maggie does say, well, that's crazy. But then Spencer just gets thrown into the ceiling and John goes, and what do you call that, rational? And she's just like, oh, okay. He does deliver that line perfectly. <laughs> I mean, he, he does, but again, I'm still like... I feel like Maggie would just be like, how do you think you can go into someone's dream? That's not a thing. But, you know, fuck it, whatever. So, this is where, you know, we were talking about at the start of the show that that this would have made sense if it was actually Jacob. But, uh, so they watch in horror as Spencer is thrown around the house by Freddy. Looks like a fucking cartoon character. I love this. He's like zipping around. Mm -hmm. Bouncing up and down the halls. See, this is where it makes sense, Freddy, to fuck right. around in the room. But, but also, technically, they're, like, in his domain. So That's it's true. like, I'm like, okay, I, I, can, I can look past that. But it was John outside of 
Springwood in the orphanage, or in the, the not the orphanage, the, the uh, shelter. The adult orphanage. Yeah, the shelter, <laughs> where he's walking up the invisible stairs. I'm like, wait a sec, you have no power here. How does this work? I'm laughing about adult orphanage. <laughs> yes, the adult orphanage. Oh, man. So, John tells Tracy that she has to go into the dream realm, so she needs to knock him out. And he heads her aboard. She tries to tell him she knows a better way, and he yells at her going, there's no time, and smacks her, so she just fucking clocks it with the board. And I do love this effect, because he, like, falls backward into the table and just, like, disappears into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's that was pretty cool. Um, also, I grew up thinking that you'd get knocked out very easily. Right? You get knocked out in a lot of fucking movies. It's like, what the hell? Oh, I got he's, cat he's, playing with my cord there. He's just, you know, got a glass straw. Let's just face it. Because yeah. he hit that rock, he was out. Mm-hmm. He got hit by that board, he was out. This guy's got no, like... I wonder if this cured his amnesia. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right, because you get amnesia by getting knocked in the head, so yeah. wouldn't it cure it by getting knocked in the head again? I mean, it works in, in Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also been sleep-deprived, so maybe that's why he got knocked out so easily, too. Ah, mm-hmm. that's true, true. Mm-hmm. But when he falls to the table, he falls into the nightmare boiler room. Then Tracy just materializes in a cloud of golden sparkles. <laughs> She's a fucking bitch. She's like, disappears. She just tells John, I told you I knew an easier way. Concentration meditation. That's what Doc always says. It's like, is this like that transcendental meditation we were talking about in Year's Evil? (laughs) But, so, I like how everyone just has Kristen's powers now because, you know, John went into fucking Spencer's Dream and now Tracy's in Spencer's Dream. Plot reasons. Um... They then see Freddy playing the video game, and Tracy runs in, kicks the controller out of his hand, unplugs it, and and runs away, basically allowing Spencer to fight back against Freddy. Good. See, in my my logic, it would have been like, he unplugged it, now you killed Spencer. (laughs) But Freddy was controlling Freddy. Yeah, it's true. So, although at first it looks like he's controlling Spencer, and then suddenly he's controlling the bad guys, so I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's a nightmare video game. It doesn't matter, because now he's playing with power. Because <laughs> yeah. he goes, hey, you forgot about the power glove. And then slams the door on them, and we see his freaking claw hand with a Nintendo controller attached to it. If I remember correctly, Nintendo was so mad about that. Actually, it's it's a, it's, it's a slight, slightly different. Didn't they he? They told them, they asked permission to do that. And Nintendo was like, absolutely not. You're not going to do it. And they basically threatened legal action. And Bob Shea was like, fuck it. Let him try. Like, it's, it's too good of a line. So they left it in. And after the movie made a shitload of money and Nintendo started making sales, they were like, oh, it's fine. So yeah, yeah. They, they were mad before it was, came out. Before they realized what a good <laughs> yeah. marketing before they're like, oh, shit. toy that The is. kids gone to see this and now they're going to buy power gloves even though they're pieces of trash. Oh, power gloves sucked. But, uh... That was way before they figured it out with the Wii. So, again, Freddy starts whooping the shit out of Spencer. In the real world, we see Spencer hop up the stairs and teeter back and forth at the top as Maggie watches in shock. In the game, Freddy finishes off Spencer by snapping him in the ass with a towel and sending him careening into a giant pit of dads. <laughs> like, Which be is like hilarious. Me. <laughs> so Maggie watches in shock and horror as... Spencer tumbles down the stairs and she goes to help him, but the floor opens up into a gaping maw. <laughs> He's just like, I regret a thing. <laughs> Falls in the hole. Gone forever. Oh, we cut back to Freddy. He's like, 
hey, I beat my high score. <laughs> and Freddy takes Spencer's soul. Tracy sees this and flips up to where Freddy is, ready to fight. Freddy laughs, saying, Daddy's waiting for you, little girl. Tracy gets pissed and kicks him in the balls, which he seems to enjoy. <laughs> he goes, mm -hmm. And then holds up his gloved hand like he's going to slash her right as Maggie wakes her up. So she gets pulled out of the dream world and misses the glove. No so, love. <laughs> exactly. And Maggie's like, I couldn't help Spencer. He fell. He died. <laughs> She's just like in shock, I guess. And Tracy's like, come on, we got to go. We well, got to get whole, John. If the whole fucking floor opened up like a giant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'd be like. I don't think I'd be able to explain it. I'd just be like, um. She's happened? gone. We got to go. Can gone. We, can we leave? Is Rufus supposed to have that? What's that? It was a little orange thing. Oh, yeah. It's one of his Okay. Brothers. Like he brought it over and dropped it at my foot. I was like, he brought me a toy. Yeah. He it's... brought me a gift. <laughs> Here, actually, here's one of your toy mice. Come on. I just wasn't sure, but if okay. it was, if no. it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, now too small or something. No, he 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 plays with the uh, Nerf rival balls. Okay. Um, he likes to play fetch with them. Got it. He's playing with it now. Yep. Good. All right. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. They, yeah. So <laughs> Tracy is like, we gotta go, and they grab John, who's still passed the fuck out, and they run out to the van and leave. Um, so we zoom in on John in the back, completely unconscious, and we see his dream. Because he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> he did, with a two-by-four. Um, he's in a room sort of like at the start of the film, and slowly goes to open the window, expecting to see the house in the air, but opens it up and everything is fine. He breathes a sigh of relief and goes out onto the porch, only for the entire thing to fly up into space, <laughs> which looked like something straight out of Animaniacs. Like, mm -hmm. the animation style, it was very much like it. So, yes. That's when you said Animaniacs. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they live right there. Mm-hmm. So they fly up into space. He jolts awake again in bed, looks around and says, no, not again. He's not going to get me again. Nothing can make me get off this bed. The bed catches fire and he just goes, damn it. And <laughs> just jumps off the bed while the whole room goes up in flames. He has no, nothing he can do. So he goes, I hate this house and jumps out the window. Uh, we see that he starts falling through the sky and starts falling down toward the van below. Um, as he falls, we see pull-in-case-of-emergency tag on his shirt. He yanks it, and his whole his t-shirt whole turns into a parachute. In the real world, John is sucked up out of the van right before they leave Springwood, causing Maggie to hit the brakes. Again, I love how people just <laughs> go flying through the air, like, while they're asleep. But back in the dream, we see Freddy uh, grab onto the parachute with John. John tells him, I know why you let me live. Freddy goes, oh, do you think I'm your daddy? Mm-mm, wrong. <laughs> he almost sounds like Grover there, too. And he slashes one of the straps on the parachute. John argues, but you let me live. And Freddy tells him, only so you could bring me back my daughter. She's going to take me to a whole new playground. And John's like, well, fuck this. <laughs> He's like, but I thought... I was the chosen one. <laughs> but I thought it could only be a boy. And so he slashes the other strap and John falls down toward the ground. Then we cut to the ground where Freddy is pushing a bed of spikes onto the road. <laughs> I fucking love and that And then he scene. looks at the camera. Yeah, he's just like... He goes, <sighs> and looks at the camera. <laughs> And then John lands on the spikes, and in the real world, we see holes appear in his chest that start gushing blood. That was actually a really cool fact, mm. too. Um, as Maggie screams. <laughs> no! 
John! Exactly. Patrick, what do you want? <laughs> yep, we got the hint. There we go. <laughs> so John tries to tell Maggie, he goes, it's not a boy. And then he goes, Bleh. he's dead. Just like that. Yep. Bleh. His body then turns into light and Freddy consumes his soul. Freddy then goes, it's traveling time, and jumps into Maggie's brain meats. Because <laughs> why not? Uh, so now we know Maggie is his daughter because, you know, he had to have his daughter to pull him across the, the barrier. Maggie gets them out of Springwood and the, we see the barrier shatter as they drive away. Back at the shelter, Maggie tries to explain to Kelly what happened uh, to the other kids. And he goes, you've been handling too many cases. There was no record of these kids at all. So basically, he doesn't remember Spencer or Carlos or John. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of, Freddie kind of erased them from everyone else's memory. Except for Maggie, Tracy, and Doc, because we cut to Tracy talking to Doc, and uh, she's like, no one remembers Spence and and Carlos. And he's like, I remember. (laughs) She's like, why? He goes, because I can control my dreams. I'm not fooled by this Freddy guy. (laughs) Just like, sure, why not? Okay, keep going. Lindsay's got a movie. Exactly. So Doc tells him that Freddy is fucking with the lines between dreams and reality. He didn't just kill Carlos and the others, he erased them. Got to Maggie in her office. She remembers telling John, or she remembers John telling her, it's not a boy. And she grabs her keys and heads to her mother's house to ask some questions. Now, you guys notice when she opens the door, she goes, mother! It sounds almost exactly like Nancy in the first nightmare. I was like, that's kind of fun. Back at the shelter, Tracy is training with the punching bag again. And Doc tells her it's her mind that Freddie will come for, for her fears. Basically like, you ain't shit. Because she's like, I'm going to kick his ass. She's like, that ain't going to work. She's like, I ain't afraid of no ghost. But also, how does Doc know this? How does Doc know? I know he read the script. Like, I get that. <laughs> but how does he know? Maybe he was a character cut out of part one. Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe he was one of the adults in Springwood and he got out. Ah, maybe. Like, why does I he don't know. He was, he was a barren mother, father. <laughs> barren mother. Yes, Yafet Koto was trying to give birth. From people. Let us not assume gender. <laughs> Remember, that's what we would spend half the movie going with. You were assuming it was a boy. <laughs> oh, my Lord. But yeah, that just bothers me. Because I'm like, why does he suddenly know the rules? I don't, I don't get this. He's... He just found out about Freddy, and he's like, no, this is how he operates. How do you know? But back at Maggie's mom's house, we find, she finds her adoption papers and confronts her mother about it, wanting to know who her real parents are. Her mom tells her that she doesn't know. She's never known. There are rules about these things. Sure, quite not? adoption. Yep. We then see Maggie wandering aimlessly in the rain, just like, okay, I guess I, I can't. I don't know what to do now. Just getting... We uh, have 25 more minutes in this movie. All of a sudden, it was John Cusack the whole time. <laughs> and then we cut to Tracy getting into bed, and then over to Maggie, fast asleep because she took some pills. And she wandered around in the rain and then drugged herself. So we see her dream. It picks up with, with little Maggie playing with Daddy Freddy in the backyard. Mom comes out of the basement with a scream and says, I won't tell. Freddy but tells, then dad like shakes her. Well, gives her like shaken mama syndrome. He, well, because first he go he tells Maggie to go go inside and says that he's got to talk to mommy. 
And uh, so little Maggie heads inside as mom cries. And she sees a door in the basement creak open and goes inside to explore. Now, this part always creeped me out, too. She goes inside and we see, like, all the clippings of, like, the missing kids mm-hmm. and, like, the Springwood slasher. And we see, like, handcuffs and jars of questionable meat. And, like, in liquid, it's like, oh, what is that? Trophies. Yeah, and then all the different gloves. So we got the razor finger gloves, the nail gloves, like, all sorts of weird concoctions. So that the, the glove he has wasn't the first one, apparently. But even though we see him it making it. It was his it, favorite. Yeah. We see him making it in the first one, and it looked like his only one, but whatever. <laughs> um, and when he was making that one, he was in a boiler room. The mythos is just really... Oh, yeah. It just keeps on changing. So, she, uh, you know, uh, she goes to leave the room, and suddenly she's adult Maggie, but dressed as a little girl. Which is creepy to me. It very much is. Well, especially the way Freddie talks to her here, too. Because Freddie content, uh, confronts her, saying that she's his blood, she's his flesh and blood, that only she could have brought him out of Springwood, you know, for plot reasons. Um, he tells her, they took you away from me, but I made them pay. I took all of their children away from them, but now that's over. And he opens the basement and shows her the, uh, shows the shelter right outside the basement. He said, it's time to start all over again. She argues this is in Springwood, and Freddie tells her every town has an Elm Street. And then a crooked Elm Street sign busts up in front of the the, or, or the adult orphanage. <laughs> so he was already abusing and killing kids, mm-hmm. but then they took his daughter away, and that's why he was abusing and killing kids. Yes, because Freddie logic. <laughs> gotcha. So she screams, the basement door slams shut, she wakes up, and Freddie laughs. Uh, cut to Tracy in the shelter bathroom washing her face. When she looks back in the mirror, she's shocked to see a familiar apartment. So Tracy looks around terrified, and her father comes home. This this scene is fucking disgusting. Yeah. She, he comes in, he goes, Trace a girl, dad is home. Just like, ah. He's so fucking skeevy. She repeats over and over, no, you're dead, you're dead. And he comes over. I and killed you. <laughs> she goes, he goes, say hello, darling. And she's like, I don't want to. And he comes up behind her and goes, come on, give daddy some honey. I'm like, uh, it's so nasty. And then he whispers, no one has to know. It's like, oh, this whole sequence is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Tracy then attacks him with a coffee pot, whooping the fuck out of him, screaming, do you love me now? Which I think that's the appropriate reaction to that. Yeah. This uh, is when it's okay for her to be a fucking bitch. Yes. This sequence makes sense. And, I mean, it makes sense how angry she is because clearly she was molested by her yes. father. Like, we get it. But she's such a one-note character. Yeah. Like, she trusts no one, even the people who are nice to her. Like, it just, I don't know, it bothers me. Um, so she stops and yells, you're not my daddy. My daddy is dead. Dad gets up with a wrecked face. <laughs> like, it's all pushed to one side. He's like, no honey for daddy. <laughs> but he stands up and laughs and turns into Freddy. The two fight, Freddy hits her, which actually, according to the trivia, when he backhands her, he actually hits her, and she ended up in the hospital. He messed her nose up. Well, that's what she gets Why for being such Robert a fucking Why does Robert hurt everybody? Like, there's Will in the second one, he actually yeah. stabs. Yeah. He's just hurting everybody. You mean the third one? Did I say the third one? You said, I thought you said the second one. Oh, maybe I said the second one. I don't know. <laughs> but, one uh, of them. Well, technically, with, with Will, it was, they couldn't find the retractable blade glove, so they had the the actual blade glove, yeah. and they just put a two by four under his wizard robe, and they were like, "You better hit your mark." 
And he so, didn't. Oh no, no, he hit his he hit his mark, but he he, he apparently hit him really hard. So because he said, yeah, yeah, I got bruised in that scene. Um. So the, the two are fighting around, and uh, I love it because when Freddy hits her, he goes, "Kung Fu, this bitch." And she pins him to the ground and yanks his gloved hand up behind his back while saying, you know, while she says, this is my dream and I do, and I do what I want. And he goes, it might be your dream, but it's my rules. And then his hand turns into a fucking blender. Yep. It's like, Rrr! and she freaks out. Tracy quickly puts her arms over the burner on the stove and burns herself, forcing her to wake up. Maggie runs in as Tracy is screaming. We see she has burns on her arms in the real world, so she pulled the burns out. And the two rush off to find Doc. Cut to Doc looking for Tracy in the gym. He hears her calling from or calling for her, calling, calling for, for him. him from the lockers, and goes to check but can't find her. Tracy calls out again, and he turns to see Freddie talking in her voice. Freddie tells Doc, "You taught her a lot, but there's still so much more to learn." Doc then beats the fuck out of Freddie with a baseball bat because that's what you do. He knows. Right? He's Freddy, been training his whole life for this. Well, yeah, because he knows the rules of Freddy, apparently. Yeah. Freddy jumps back uh, back up and says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but nothing will ever kill me. And this is where you were talking about at the start, where he holds up his fingers, and he goes, let's see, first they tried burning me, and he chops a finger off. He goes, then they tried burying me, chops off another. He goes, oh, and this is my favorite, and he holds up his middle finger. <laughs> he goes, they even tried holy water. And he chops off that finger, and he goes. And he, then he holds up his hand, fully healed, and goes. But I just keep ticking. And then you know, closes his hand, opens and closes his hand a couple times. Um, Freddie tells Doc uh, how in dreams he's eternal. That they promised him that, and he's like, "Who?" He goes, "The dream people, the ones who gave me this job." That's such a bad line. Huh? It's such a bad the line. The dream world. It's like it's like the dream child. <laughs> what? <laughs> So, he then goes to attack Doc, and Doc rips off a piece of Freddy's sweater for reasons. Like, I love how Freddy's coming at you to fight, and you're just like, yoink! Like, why? Why, you didn't you didn't know about things coming out of the dream yet. You, you did this on, what, a whim? <laughs> like, why does he do this? He's testing hypotheses. <laughs> Before getting killed. Like, yeah. Instead of trying to fight back. So he grabs, he yanks off a piece of Freddy's sweater... And then the alarm goes off, and he wakes up in the real world, still holding a piece of the sweater. Tracy and Maggie come running in and scare the shit out of him. Which, I love the way Yafet Koto plays this. Because they come and go, Doc! And he's like, <laughs> he just does this, like, whole, like, Kramer-style mm-hmm. turn. Like, it shakes. And so, uh, they, they cut, we cut to the group talking and making some massive logic leaps. Doc shows him the piece of sweater and is like, if this can come out, then so can he. And if he can come out, he can bleed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, in all fairness, Nancy did the same thing. True, but Nancy (laughs) accidentally brought it. Like, she was fighting with him, like, wrestling around in the bed and got his hat. And then she was woken up in the sleep study. And she's like, how the hell did this happen? Like, And she was confused. And it took her several days to kind of put the pieces together, like... Couple scenes. Well, if I took the... Yeah. He literally was just like, oh, shit, you're going to kill me. Give me a sweater. I got a sweater. We can kill him. What? Like, it was such massive logic leaps. I got your sweater. I got your sweater. Give me a sweater. It's like, what the fuck? 
So they then hook Maggie up to Doc's machine and explain to her that she has to be holding Freddy when she wakes up to pull him out. And I love her delivery because she goes, I know. (laughs) She just sounds so done with it all. (laughs) He then hands her a pair of 3D glasses telling her, Freddy will use your eyes against you and try to get inside your head. These glasses will help you avoid that for reasons. (laughs) Why? The scratch and sniff banana. Oh, because you wanted the movie in 3D at this point. Okay. Put your 3D glasses on now. Now. 3D, 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 3D. This was that early 3D, too. Yeah, the red and blue 3D. Yup. So they get Maggie ready and put her to sleep. Once Maggie is in the dream, she puts the glasses on and looks around. She walks over to the dream demon picture and enters the doorway, which leads into Freddy's mind. We now get a weird montage scene of her traveling through Freddy's brain in first-person perspective (laughs) as, like, doors randomly slam and electricity sparks all over the place. She then eventually comes out in a corridor where there's still electricity zapping and there's several doors lining the walls. Every time she tries to enter a door, it sparks again. She's like, oh, shit, I guess I'll just use this little handy-dandy bangle I got Stop the electricity. She takes off her fucking bracelet. She it's like, whips, yeah. She whips it like Xena. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it works. It yeah. shorts the damn thing. First try. <laughs> I love how she taps the door like, is it still hot? <laughs> and then runs inside. So now, once she's, uh, you know, she's in the, the room, we see a classroom where we see young Freddy taking the class pet, a little hamster, out of its cage and kills it with a hammer. While the other kids all chant, Son of a hundred maniacs. Why, why are none of these children terrified of that? Right? <laughs> well, not only that, but like, how do they know? Like, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't public knowledge. Like, hey kids, this, uh, your classmate, his mom was a nun what got raped in a mental asylum by like a hundred crazy peoples. Just so you know. Like, no one was going to tell these children that. HIPAA violations. <laughs> Like, why do they know that? I also like how we see Freddy's, uh, what Freddy is seeing, and they all look like a bunch of old people for some right? reason. It's like, okay. Um, we, but I want to point out, he's he's got brown hair here. Yes, he does. Because the next scene... He's got very red hair. fire engine red. <laughs> and then he goes to blonde. Yes. Because <laughs> then Maggie is suddenly in a basement with teenage Freddy slicing his stomach with a straight razor. Um, in comes Papa Alice Cooper... Ready to give Freddy a whooping. And he comes over and goes, You ready to take your medicine, boy? And just starts slapping him with a belt. He's like, More, please. He keeps laughing. He goes, Thank you, sir. Can I have another? And he keeps on hitting him. And then finally he grabs the belt and he goes, You know the secret of pain? If you just stop feeling it, you can start using it. And then he juts a straight razor at the camera. Because 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear Alice Cooper scream and the scene shifts yet again. This time, uh, it's to the night that Freddy was burned by the parents whose uh, kids were killed by him. We see the dream demons just floating around Freddy, just like, what do you want? And he's like, I want it all. They're like, then open up and let us in. Sure, why not? I want it all. (laughs) I want it now. (laughs) So the, the dream demons fly inside of Freddy before he gets burned. Uh, we then cut to yet uh, we cut to yet another scene. This time we're back in the basement watching young Maggie go back outside to see Freddie choking his mom to death. This is where we get shaken mama syndrome. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think yes. he's also hitting her up against that tree. 
Oh, absolutely. It looks like it. Yeah. Okay, cat interruption. Rufus. Rufus! What a leap! Cat, but you missed. I'm just saying. Okay. He's like, I'm going to go nurse nurse my wounded bride. He's looking okay, for Rufus, we still actually. like you. He's like looking back. Like, this what? is really what? like a wacky recording. Dude, oh, dude, I am not I'm, looking forward to the editing. I'm going to love this Patreon episode, though. Oh. <laughs> is, these, these are my nightmare episodes, literally. I'm so sorry, guys, because it's always like me. I bet your basement is really spooky, too. Oh. It is. But this is, definitely... is it behind that door? No, no it's, not... oh, it's down there. All right, let's go. <laughs> it's definitely a nightmare on 91st Street tonight. But um, we've had, what, two kid interruptions? Like, three cat interruptions? <laughs> I've lost my place, with, like, with seven Frank times. Frank Krieger! <laughs> Frank Krieger on 91st Street. <laughs> oh, you just gave me a Patreon drawing. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Nightmare on 91st Street. He's just going to be this, like, fat, balding guy. And it's got to be, like, an orange and blue sweater. Oh, he'll be wearing, like, an orange and blue wife beater. Yeah. He'll, have, he'll have, like, a goalie glove on with some pencils taped to it. Forks. Forks, forks. yes. Or sp- sporks. sporks. There we go, even better. There we go. All right, oh, back to Lord. the movie. <laughs> so- Hurry up. We see, uh, we see Maggie, or Maggie sees Freddy choking out mom and, uh, little Maggie begins to cry and Freddy tells her it's all right. Mama just had to take her medicine for snooping in daddy's special work. Mommy's medicine is bark. (laughs) (laughs) Not in here, mister. She goes, he goes, but you won't tell, will you? And she goes, I won't tell. And then back to adult Maggie Suddenly she's in a boiler room and Freddy pops up behind her going, but you did tell, didn't you? And he goes, now it's time to take your medicine. I'm like, ew. It's fucking creepy. But did, but did Is he going to hit her? Tell? Like... Well, yeah. You know, it's like, well, she must have because you know, they, they found out. But um, so Maggie yells, you killed my mother and bashes Freddy with a pipe and then grabs him with a bear hug. In the waking world, Doc and Tracy see Maggie struggling and they realize that she has Freddy and they need to get her out. Freddy tries to avoid being pulled out into the real world by grabbing some pipes and his arms get all stretchy as his head grows boobs. Like, he gets two lumps on either side of his mm-hmm. head. Like, why does he have head boobs? I don't understand. Because he gotta have them titties. Head Apparently, boobs. yeah, because there's no other titties in this movie. Right. <laughs> Sorry. The only, well, no, no, that, I take that back. There, there are brief titties in the end montage. Uh, I don't count that. Because we see Joey's bed. Even Rocky had a montage. (laughs) You gotta have a montage! (laughs) Montage! So she she pulls him out into the waking world, but when she wakes up, Freddy is nowhere to be seen. Tracy suggests that maybe the trip killed him, and Maggie goes, No, because I'm still seeing things the way I did in my dream. It's not over. In other words, keep your 3D glasses on, folks! (laughs) But wait, there's more. The three of them head to Chekhov's arsenal to arm themselves. Maggie searches the basement and finds human Freddy cowering in a corner. He pleads with Maggie, telling her that it's not his fault. He goes, you saw what they did to me as a kid. You saw what they did. And it wasn't right when they took you away from me. I, I loved you and your mother. But, but I tried to be good. But, it, but they took you away. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but then we see he pulls his, his gloved hand out from behind his back and goes... Come to daddy. And then Maggie runs at him with a base, a spiked baseball bat 
and beats the shit out of him, knocking his glove clean off. Doc and Tracy come running over to check on her, but before they can before they can get in the room, Freddy crawls across the ceiling and shuts the door. Okay, if Freddy's in the real world now and is real, mm-hmm. how the fuck is he defying gravity? Thank you. I had that exact same question. By the way, Freddy's I was, trying to, Freddy. I was yep. trying to remember the words to define gravity, and I can't right now. <laughs> but no, but we've we've seen this a couple of times where Freddy alters reality even after the fact, like in Freddy versus Jason. That's like, but how? Yeah. Like, how are you defying? Like, I will let the okay. I could change my face. Right. I'll let it go. But you know, you're going. You're you're on the ceiling, <laughs> crawling around like Baby Dawn. The train spotted. I was going to say, like, the train spotting baby. I'm glad we're on the same page. And shutting gates before the guy from Alien can get in there. (laughs) Oh, which uh, I got to comment on that in a moment. Um, But he tells Maggie, I didn't need a glove to kill your bitch of a mother, and I don't need one for you. And then he just grabs her by the throat, and she just hucks the baseball bat. She's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) throws it. Um... So Maggie headbutts him and then bitch slaps the shit out of him with the glove. And I fucking love this scene. Because Freddy goes, give me back the glove, princess. <laughs> they start tussling. She's like, never. He's like, give me the glove. Give me the glove. And they're just rolling around on the floor. This is what I picture them going like. Yeah. Waiting like that. <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. A little you. slap fight. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. That this The delivery of, give me the glove. Give me the glove. Cracks me up. So Maggie then bites his nose and grapples with him. He, she grabs his hand and goes, Aw, Daddy, I remember when we used to hold hands when I was a kid. I didn't like it then either. And she snaps his fingers backward. <laughs> Let's face it, she bro- broke the mannequin. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They just went around and just, just go. Just go. Just go. Keep going. Keep going. So Freddy and Maggie continue to fight. He gets the glove back from her and then comically tries to bend his broken fingers to put it back into the glove. Meanwhile, Tracy is throwing weapons to Maggie. Before Freddy can get the glove on, Maggie pins him to the wall by throwing knives and ninja stars. She throws a ninja star into his thigh and somehow that pinned him to the wall behind him. Right. That ninja star is big. Yeah, it barely even entered. Yeah. She, like, how did she suddenly become, like, a knife-throwing expert? Like, she's hucking, she's yeah. pinning him to the wall. And There's, like, two that miss him. And yeah. like, the rest of them. And then she gets the crossbow and shoots him in the thigh, just like, ha! Ah. It's her secret power. It's the 3D ah. vision. She trained her whole life for this. 3D vision. That's what it is. Ah. It's the 3D vision. That's true. She, mm-hmm. she can see, like, the bionic man. Yes. So in her eyes, it's going... Yeah. Yeah. But... So then, uh, you know, she, she's, got, she's got him pinned to the wall. She then stabs his hand to his chest with a pipe and grabs his glove. Um, as she holds it, Freddy tells her to go ahead and try it on, saying, it's in your blood. Freddy struggles to break free and begins pulling the knives out, out as Maggie puts on the glove. She then holds the glove up and he goes, oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she, she's like, I have the power! <laughs> And she comes running at him with the glove, like, extended at the screen, because, you know, 3D. Stabs him in the gut with his own glove. Tracy throws Maggie a lit pipe bomb, which she spins around and slams into his chest. So, my God, Spencer's pipe bomb from the beginning of the movie? Like I said, Chekhov's pipe bomb. (laughs) So, slams it into his chest, saying, Happy Father's Day, Daddy, and kisses him on the cheek. 
Doc then yanks the fucking metal door off the hinges because Yafet Koda was the Hulk now. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I got comments. It would have been more logical if he was over by the fence part trying to pull it down. He literally has ha- he has it by the bars. And he just goes, he yanks once, we hear bolts falling, and then he yanks again and the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. comes off. I'm like, damn, Yafet, okay. So Freddy looks at the camera and just goes, kids. He then explodes, (laughs) sending his screaming head at the screen, which dissolves into a second screaming head, which explodes into demon sperm. Yep. (laughs) He spilled his seed. And the dream demons just go, and then they fly away. It's like, okay. Pretty much the end. (laughs) Well, upstairs, the 3D glasses magically appear on Maggie's face. They all laugh, and she goes, Freddy's dead. Then we cut to a black screen. We get a little montage. Gotta have a montage! Various scenes throughout the entire franchise as the credits roll. The end. (laughs) Yeah, that that ending... I agree that killing him with his own glove is a very appropriate way to kill him. But he comes back. Well, not... mm. Wait, when does Freddy versus... I never No, he does come back in Freddy versus Jason. this, This is where he technically goes to hell. Yes. So, because next up we see Jason goes to hell where Freddy's glove pulls Jason's mask down. That's right. But um, then Freddy becomes part of the real world. <laughs> where well, he haunts Heather Langenkamp. Yes. <laughs> yes, but that that's technically an offshoot. Um, I really like that movie. Oh, me too. I, that's, I, it's a really good story. But, like, as far as canon to the franchise goes, Freddy versus Jason is canon to the franchise in the sense of... Freddy couldn't get out of hell. He needed somebody else to like to help bring yeah. him back. So <clears throat> he found Jason, who can't stay dead. Gets Jason to come back. Sends him to Elm Street to kill the kids to make them make you know be afraid of Freddy again, which then gives him the power to come back. So, but up until Freddy's dead, he's hanging out in hell. Maybe I make, can never I keep know, it straight. Playing bridge yeah. with Pinhead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know. But um what sights I have to show you. <laughs> My own kid killed me. <laughs> Jason's just sitting down there not saying anything. Mommy. Knitting his mom's sweater. <laughs> Sniffing it. Exactly. It's just Jason and Michael over in the corner. Mommy. My damn sister. <laughs> so now there's a lot of trivia to this, but we mentioned a ton of it already. Um, but according to Alice Cooper in the Never Sleep Again documentary, which, again, we've mentioned it multiple times throughout this franchise. Again, another hat trick! (laughs) Um, but he talks about how everyone used to blame him for both, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday. He's like, hey, I was blaming for this shit anyway. So, you know, he, he wanted to be in the movie when they asked him, but he said only if he could not be in makeup and he wanted to be, like, just some seedy, redneck kind of... Creepy guy. Which he is in this. Yeah. Right. So they were like, yeah, you can be a stepdad. He's like, perfect. They already blame me for Freddy. <laughs> now, now they have a reason to. Um, also interesting about this is that this was the first time Alice Cooper has anything to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which is part six. The first time he had anything to do with the Friday the 13th franchise was also part six, where he did be, uh, The Man Behind the Mask yep. for the soundtrack. You were um, going to say Be My Frankenstein. Not... I, I was going to say Be My Frankenstein because that's in the like, movie. Oh, oh. That's not... <laughs> Space Manhattan. <laughs> it is not. But uh, Peter Jackson's original screenplay for Freddy's Dead saw an aging Freddy growing weak within the dream world. 
the teens of Springwood would have had drug-fueled slumber parties for kicks to enter the dream world and kick the shit out of him. Could you picture Freddy sitting in a recliner with, like, a pipe, but it would be, like, a cardigan? Yes. <laughs> and then a bunch of kids come and start beating on him. Like, oh, and he'd have, like, a couple straggly hairs that have grown over time. Get off my dream lawn! <laughs> He's got a cane with a glove on the end of it. Oh, God. This is also New Line's first film in 3D, which I thought was interesting. Um, Let's see. We already mentioned the thing about Jacob supposedly supposedly being John Doe. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This is also the first movie that did not end on a cliffhanger in all the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, mainly because they were killing him. (laughs) But they all knew he was going to come back. Um Let's see. When th- when I thought this was funny. When shown theatrically, audience members were given a pair of red cardboard 3D glasses with movie taglines printed on them. Uh, the arms had adhesives for attaching them to standard glasses, and uh, the advertisement on the one side of the, the left arm of the glasses was for House Party Two. <laughs> and I'm like, I love my House Party movies, so that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the highest opening weekend for the series until Freddy vs. Jason. So, after the lowest opening weekend with Dream Child, this was the highest. <laughs> um, let me see here. Well, there's like one or two more that I wanted to mention here. Oh, yeah, this... Okay, so this is kind of fucked up. They talk about this in the documentary as well. Uh, Leslie Dean, after doing the scene with the abusive father she suddenly had memories of stuff that happened to her as a child and she ended up having to go to therapy after it because she unlocked all these repressed memories of abuse. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's really fucked up. Um, Hey, guys, Mike here. Just cutting in real quick to uh, add something that I completely forgot to mention during this recording. Um, We had a hell of a time with this episode, plenty of interruptions, and uh, some of my notes got away from me. I had mentioned multiple times throughout this recording that uh, Taryn was supposed to come back. Um, And I never did mention that in the trivia section, so I thought I would cut in here to tell you guys what it was. Uh, So in one of the original scripts where Jacob was going to be the main character of this flick, um, we see Alice in her 30s get murdered by Freddy. And uh, Jacob, along with the now Dream Police... Uh, of Taryn, Joey, and Kincaid. Uh, Taryn was supposed to be the blade cop, Joey was the sound cop, and Kincaid was the power cop. And they were going to hunt Freddy across the dreamscape. Um, so yeah, their, uh, their concept to bring back some of the dream warriors was pretty fucking weak. But uh, since I had set that up so many times throughout this recording, I felt that I needed to cut in so at least there was some kind of payoff. But now back to the regularly scheduled episode. So, yeah, and then let's see. Yeah, pretty much everything else I already mentioned. So, But any uh, any comments? Now, did you, now the, the 3D, because mm-hmm. we all watched the standard. Oh, way. yes, yes, go ahead. Did you watch it the way I, I, told, I gave you that suggestion? I did not. Okay, so... Now, the only reason I know about this is because of a seal video back in the 90s. <laughs> Kissed by a rose? Yeah, that seal. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of his first videos was supposedly filmed oh, in 3D. Gonna one of them, yeah. So, since it never aired actually on MTV in 3D, I was told by John Norris of MTV VJ fame. 
<laughs> I remember this from MTV. Oh, uh, if you took a pair of sunglasses and I think you popped out the right lens, mm -hmm. you could watch the 3D scenes. It does, it's not perfect, but it does like it does stand work. out a little bit more. So you can do that with the end of this movie if you watch the standard version. Because I have done it with this and it, it does pop out a That's little bit That's really more. cool. Yeah. I, I am kind of bummed, though, that like... A lot of the 3D movies, it's not easy to watch them in 3D at home. Yeah. Because there, let's be honest, there are some scenes in 3D horror movies that are just fun. You know, and it's like, watching them not in 3D, it's very obvious, like in Friday the 13th 3, where it's just like, they're constantly jutting random things at the camera, like, look, we're playing baseball! Well, there was, remember when like ABC would do like these whole... Nights of blah, blah, blah. Of, mm -hmm. And I remember when they had a night of 3D with, like, Ellen in Spin City and, and the Drew Carey show. When it was the Drew Carey show, they were they were really yep. going in and out. Of, they right they the were just, like, pushing it in and out of the camera. <laughs> it's so silly. But, like, you know, I, I do, I'm one of those weirdos that I love 3D. I, I've always enjoyed 3D. But I prefer modern 3D where it's just used to add, like, depth. Uh, I think I've always said one of my favorite films that I saw in 3D was actually Prometheus, only because nothing was jutting out at the camera. Everything was just, like, you could see the, the depth of field, and it just looked mm -hmm. really cool. I, I think modern 3D works on, on um, like, live action. When I watch it in with, like, animation, it doesn't look right to me. See, now, it's funny, because I will, I will agree to, to a degree, because stop-motion animation, I think it looks great. So, like, the um, like Paranorman mm -hmm. and uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, I saw all those in 3D. I thought you were going to and... say Davy and Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> that California show was actually kind of creepy. Um, but no, like, th those ones, I, I really thought looked good. I'm trying to remember what DreamWorks movie I saw in 3D that I I really know liked. exactly what the Thoughts first life? one was no. for me, like... It was that. Pixar. It was that Jim Carrey Christmas Carol. It just looked weird to me. Like it was oh, all I still anime. never saw that. Yeah, it was all anime. Like it just was very weird. The three D like mm -hmm. effect. I was like, this doesn't look right. Like none of this looks right. You know what? Which three D movie uh, looked like hot garbage was Man of Steel. Because um, now the movie, I still, I still like that movie quite a bit. I, um, I don't like you know Dawn of Justice, but <laughs> Batman versus Superman. I'm not, but, I'm not pleasing to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Man of Steel, I thought looked it was a great movie, but the 3D was like, oh look, his cape is kind of fluttering at you. <laughs> it was like, why did I pay the extra money to watch right? this in 3D? <laughs> but anyway, so any final thoughts on this franchise before we start? I think Doing we were playing with power with this video. I this video. This, this, video. <laughs> this episode. Video. I think we're playing on a, a nice tightrope edge with how fucked up this episode happened. Yeah. We're sorry, Mike. Like, it's not even like a Friday the third. Like, it's uh, not no. actually like Friday, January 13th. Like, <laughs> like it is just It's a wacky... just a, a Tuesday where everything was going yeah, wrong. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Mike's gonna fucking hate us after this one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am gonna hate editing this. I, I will say that. I, Guys, I this is not this. going to be on time. No, <laughs> no, it probably won't. Honestly, because I'm in the middle of a stretch of six, and then I have another stretch of six coming up. I yeah, I don't know that I'll, I'll have time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but so for anyone that's uh, not already following us on social media, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. And X ain't gonna give it to you. <laughs> yeah, because fuck X. <coughs> Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our, our unedited episodes, as well as uh, higher tiers. We'll get you stuff in the mail and birthday picks, stuff like that. Yeah, I'll see you in March. 
We are also part of the Rad Pantheon, so check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for other podcasts like this one and rad people just doing rad stuff. And me. Yeah, I was going to say, and thank you, Don, for joining us once well, again. Well, thank you. I'm here again in, in person. I brought pizza, everybody. Yes, and, it was very tasty. It was delicious I pizza. made the pizza. And garlic yes. bread. And mm-hmm. we, I fucked with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am definitely going to be taking a piece of that pizza to work. Go for it. I think there's plenty left. The Big over. Mac pizza was good. Yeah, that see? was really good. See, now, you see that, John? The Big Mac pizza went over perfectly good. <laughs> Yeah, it was without the lettuce. Yes, without the taint lettuce. Taint no lettuce. Ha I told you. Yeah, taint no lettuce. <laughs> taint no lettuce. You don't want the tainted lettuce. No. <laughs> Do you have any plugs, Don, that you want to give? Uh, like your TikTok? Ticket it time? Okay, my TikTok's at Don. Don't care. Uh, right now, it's just full of shit from Madonna because I went and saw Madonna last week, guys. When we, but this is probably three weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a very good view. Yes. I could see the facelift. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that wants to watch the next movie before we cover it, our next episode is going to be 208. The, the Brain. The Brian. From, I mean, The Brain. <laughs> from 1988. So it is, a, it is an oldie but a goodie. I did and almost watch that the other day. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to covering it because it needs to be talked about. It's a wacky flick. But all right, guys. So I think we're going to wrap that up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Toodaloo. The that'll come out. And it ends. Tomorrow. It goes back to Annie. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned.